Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you listeners out there for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detail and Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, and Sprue Brothers. Please pay a visit to their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bench sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the MGPC. This is Whitey, your host for this go. I got D-Ran, Nemo, and Frildo in front of the mics, as well as an original geek, our OG from Hoshu Bay, Texas, Gabe Rage Pincelli. Welcome aboard, Gabe. Why hey, thanks. You... Happy to be here. Hoshu Bay. I've never heard it pronounced that way around here. I was going to say, did he say Hoshu Bay? He did. Or, okay, Horseshoe Bay. <laughs> oh, he's capable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> happy that's to be not here. where you're originally from. You're originally from California, correct? Yeah, I'm originally from uh, Poway, right. California. Then you Not got smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Gabe's going to uh, sit in with us tonight, and uh, we'll speak with him later, and he'll give us a rundown of uh, his modeling, and he'll be joining in the conversations throughout the show and all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, good to have you aboard, Gabe. Uh, say hi to the folks, and uh, just, you know, whatever, a quick little brief howdy, and uh, who are you, and what brings you here? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, uh yeah, happy to be here. Uh, known Scott probably as uh, lo- longer than anyone here. Uh, I think we originally met in maybe September of '93, something like that. Yep. So, yep. Early '90s. Yep. Of course, that was while I was in flight school. So originally from California, then uh, got to Texas as soon as I could. Flight school, and um, here we are, uh, one at a time at all you guys, and and uh, created uh, quite a fine group of friends here. So yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I, I was the uh, almost about the second to last member of the of the Geek Squad here. It took me a while to get an iPhone for whatever reason, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's I, right. You know, we, we've talked about our chat group uh, f- o- o- on the air a couple of times, and um, you know, it's God, it's been going what over ten years. Yeah, right. Jeez, oh, it's been a while way over that because it was before I left Corpus, and that was I left there in 2012. Holy cow! So I think yeah, it, uh, it initially started, I think, like 2011 or something, and then, but I don't think you came on board until maybe 12 or so. Yeah, it was around 12, 13 ish. Yeah, right after I got out of the navy myself and uh, was working as a civilian guy for Boeing, I think. <clears throat> and, uh, anyway, uh, so welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Thanks. Uh, how's everyone else doing tonight? Good. Yeah, I saw Top Gun. So checking uh, the block. Yeah, but but uh, no spoilers. Okay, we were, t- we were talking about it earlier, but you know we were going into detail. I, I won't do that, but yeah. Well, I, I other than I thought it was I, I loved it. I mean, I loved it. I just uh, the first one was better because it's the original. You know? the original. Well, yeah, it's hard to top that. But yeah, um, I mean, when you're like 14 or 15 years old and you see Top Gun, but it holds up. 
Yeah, you're like, right? Okay, that's kind of yeah. cool. I, I think I want to do that. And then everybody was like, no, no way, dude, not you. You're a moron. Okay. First, it does make anyway. me wonder, you know, is it is was the original better or is it that you're seeing it through the eyes of, of a 14-year-old and now you're seeing it through the eyes of a God knows how old you are. I'm not going to say Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> An older dude. I've been retired, Navy, you know? A retired Navy guy, right? Right. I think that's definitely it because, you know, the original come out and, yeah, we're all teenagers and, um, you know, here it's been years of watching YouTube videos of Navy jets and guys with YouTubes, you know, suckered to the side of their canopies. And, you know, we, we've seen these perspectives forever, uh, you know, for the last, you know, 15 years plus. Whereas, you know, 1986, seeing footage like that, it was just not common. Uh, right. and, and especially if you're, you know, I mean, it was somewhat common for us. We all went to air shows and stuff as kids. So to see a fighter jet passing you low and making a bunch of noise was kind of common, but for civilians, I know that, that that's not a thing. And, you know, so that's why the first Top Gun was just like, holy cow. And I can remember going to air shows in the months following the movie coming out and, you know, every Top Gun, people, the people, the shows were crowded because the Top Gun, top, uh, the Tomcat demo is what people were going for. And of course, Commander Snodgrass was flying demos about that time. So, on the East Coast, anyhow, so that guy could fly the hell out of that thing. Um, God knows it, it left an impression on me. I, I'd say even even just as much as the movie, some of the folks that were in the movie, um, and uh, it, one of the guys, um, you know, Heater Heatley, um, just recently. Um, I, I, I came across like on Facebook on like, Hey, people you may know, I'm like, Holy crap. That's that. I'm going to send him a friend and he accepted it. I was like, Holy shit. That's awesome. And he lives in, um, Arlington. So, um, so I, we gotta, we gotta try to see if we can get him on the, on the program because what the thing that, um, that blew my mind away in, in addition to the movie was the cutting edge, that book. Yeah. When I saw that book, I, it just, it, it was, it's really the first book that I ever like begged my father to, to I think I got it for like Christmas or something. And cause it's an, ex, it was expensive book and oh man, but the pictures yeah. are just. But it was his photos in the California magazine that yep. inspired the movie, the original movie. It's crazy, man. Well, it's I, crazy. I'm going to put myself out there and say, no, I was actually in the Navy when it came out. <laughs> What? The original top gun. I know, I know it, and I feel Grandpa it. Too, D, Grandpa D ran. So, <laughs> hey, Grandpa um, D ran. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, and then I went to the Enterprise. That was my first ship, and it was right after the movie Holy had come out. Geez. You know, so it was. It was a lot of my squadron mates. I was in HS six. If you watch the last, the helicopter land at the end of the first one, they're Indians. At, you know, and. Some of the uh, guys I worked with were on the flight deck crew for the old you know celebration at the end, and um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And to to see the new one come out, I I thought it was great. I thought they did a great job. I thought they kept true to the original one, other than you know, of course, the flying scenes and stuff, which were way better uh, than, oh, yeah. than having a you know a right. a crew seven with the star wheel still in it, knowing that it's all you know fake BS, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, those flying scenes were not. I mean, there's some hokey stuff, but great movie, man. Anyway, I think I think it pretty much gets a geek thumbs up, though, right? Oh yeah, oh, from all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like oh, it's yeah, for definitely. actually yeah. all of them, all the geeks. I'll go, good. I'll I mean, go see it again. In, I'll, I'll go with you, Whitey. Yeah, I want to go. Man. I'll go. We'll all I, go. 
I need to go find it in IMAX before it's out yeah. of the theaters. DC, they've got one. We should go to uh-huh. DC and see the IMAX. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go to the one in DC. I'll, Hell yeah. I'll bet Come you on. they're showing out there at Uvar uh, Hazy, too. That IMAX. Yeah. If they're not, they're crazy. No, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, man. But we got to wear our. We got to go get some cowboy hats, cowboy boots, and wear our bags. I don't, and I don't. wear flipped up collars. And we got to. Uh, you know, stitch on just lightly, like patches all over the place. <laughs> if you get on Facebook, there's tons of okay. fo- photos of yeah. people. Like a lot of, it seems mostly overseas. Uh, I, I know I follow a page that um, they talk about flight gear and flight jackets specifically, and so people are just flooding that with, "Hey, I'm going to see Top Gun," and like they're hanging out in front of the poster with their whatever jacket, jacket on. You know, yeah, uh, it's kind of kind of that's cool, kind of cool. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah. I wonder if it'll boost recruiting like the first one. Oh, did. Jesus. Of course. I'm sure it will. Uh, why not? My, yeah. <laughs> my recent college grad son just went and saw it and it's like, Dad's got me thinking. All right. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Oh, they need pilots right now. Yeah. Yep. So, kids, yeah. if you just graduated from college and looking for a fun job to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's fun the first like couple of years. Well, a challenging job to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. We'll we'll talk about it's a little totally bit about fun it, too in the in that word in, the, in its context with modeling too. Yeah. I read a little article on that the other day that was pretty pretty entertaining. Yeah. All right, geeks. What are you gonna? What's everyone in work on? We'll start with uh, our our host or our guest uh, rather, um, Gabe. All right. Well, uh, I've been working on the uh, Meng Growler, and um, actually, I'm digging it. Having a, having a good time building it. It's not perfect uh, by any means as far as kits go, but. Uh, uh, it's funny. Sometimes uh, you enjoy the imperfect kits uh, every bit as much as the uh, shake and bake to me kits. If it's a, a, a subject that for whatever reason you've decided to be passionate about. Uh, in this case, it's because uh, I actually put everything else on the back burner because uh, a very good friend of mine who uh, I used to cycle with back when I was in college um, he was just diagnosed with uh, with uh, a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he's he lives near Whidbey Island. Um, huge uh, aviation photography guy. In fact, uh, I should probably uh, plug his uh, photography website at, at some point. What was that, Whitey? I said, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, plug. Yeah, his, it's uh, uh, it's uh, JoeManhartPhotography.com, and I'll tell you what I'll. Oh, we'll uh, put so that in the can, show notes too. Yeah, if you, if yeah. You send it to us. We'll uh, put it in the show notes before we release the episode, and uh, folks can go check out his work. Yeah, it, it's amazing. He's on Instagram, and he's got a website, and uh, you'd be amazed at his uh, uh, photography. But uh, either way, he's a huge growler nut. So uh, this other guy who used to cycle with us as well, we we all three of us we uh, we cycled and uh, road raced and um, built models together, uh, the three of us. And um, so this other buddy of mine, Cliff. He and I are kind of doing a mini group build, building uh, growlers at the same time to kind of try to motivate Joe uh, and uh, help him uh, keep his spirits up. So we're doing uh, multiple times a day. We're texting little group text with updates on our growler builds just to kind of keep Joe's spirits up. So that's why I'm doing the growler. I sidelined everything to do it, and I'm uh, enjoying the heck out of it, actually. It's uh, it's 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 a neat kit. Like I said, it's not perfect. They've uh, captured a lot of the differences really well, and they've missed a few of them, but uh, nothing that's hard to fix. And Are you a keeping a log for the for the rest of us? I am, as a matter of fact, trying to 
your gouge. Yes, uh, much <laughs> much like the uh, the A four gouge that we've discussed. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna actually have some good gouge for this, and and most of it will be uh, applicable to any version of the Mang Super Hornet. Yeah, uh, yeah. kind of help you through build sequences and uh, corrections or how to make things work out a little bit better. And uh, yeah, the, the, get I guess folks through that build. One of the big ones is that 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 mating area from the fuselage, the fore fuselage to the uh, to the rear fuselage. That's that's a little hokey yep. right there, but it's not too hard to overcome. No, it's not. Once you and then the key is knowing that it's there before yep. you glue anything together. Uh, if you know it's there, you can easily correct it before you glue it together, and it's not a big deal. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's a biggie, and completely altered the, the assembly sequence on most parts of the fuselage and wings uh, to come up with you know, better solutions for getting things to fit. So. Well, I'll tell you what, that shit works because there's no way I would have been able to build my Hasegawa Hornet without the few tips and tricks that, that gave, that you gave, um, especially oh, with the man. nose. I mean, yeah, th- those things are, it, I can't imagine, I, I probably wouldn't have built it because it's just, they, <clears> that <throat> step was so huge on the nose and just cutting those couple of, uh, you know, the couple of, spots on the on the forward fuselage so that you can allow to just kind of squeeze a little bit with a clamp and boom there you go it's it's so that you know i just wish the flaps were a little bit uh more solid with the attachment points you know that's the only thing i didn't have real issues with the gear the vertical stabs but holy geez the the and the nose wasn't a big deal because just like you said if you know if you know what to do ahead of time then you can plan for it right the oh shit what is this? Oh, yep. oh, you know, if I only would have, yeah, that, that relief you're talking about. Why, why didn't I were talking about this while ago with the A4, just knowing about that relief on the back uh, of the fuselage before you attach the wings or, yeah. or putting the little leading edges in first. I was telling Whitey, my J over here. I wish I wish the hell I would have asked before because I've done so much sanding. Now I got to do so much rescribing stuff on those leading edges there for the, against the fuselage. It's not even funny. So, uh, yeah, that, that gouge is, is priceless. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing how much easier you can make uh, some of these builds, uh, just by altering assembly sequences and making small modifications to the parts before you put them together. Um, and it virtually corrects most of the problems that make the kit difficult to finish in the end. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm working on that. I guess the other big thing I got going is the, uh, Tamiya Phantom but it's sidelined while I build the growler and then I'll go back to the phantom. Nice. All right. So that's what I got on the bench. D ran. What you got? What do you work on? Well, in a four, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I am actually. So, uh, talking about sidelining, I, I did it. And, uh, I get so many freaking squirrels running around my desk right now. Thanks, Scott. You've taught me the way of the squirrel, my friend. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I did. Sorry. So Scott's fault. It is. I'm, I, I blame everything on Scott. Um, no, I did. I put everything aside, pulled out the A4J, and uh, and started working on. It. I need to get it done for Nats. You know, that's part of the group build, um, and that's my priority right now. So, um, working on seams. I got those about knocked out, so she's real close to paint. Um, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the intakes, of course, I didn't put on yet. I need to do a little pre-painting up on the forward side under the intakes before I affix those to the airplane. But I was able to uh, kind of put them in spot there and sand them and get them all ready to, to go in. They fit like a glove. Uh, yeah, 
So I'll be a brief, but that's, uh, that's it. That's what I'm working on. Spending my time on the A4J. Cool. Scott, how about you, man? So just, uh, actually finally getting to the point where got the gear glued on, um, the SU 27, but it's just, again, every time, every corner I round, it's something. So finally got the gear on wheels are straight, you know, vertically up and down, which is, I'm happy with. And, uh, but now I got a little bit of, uh, of a tail sitter problem. It doesn't actually sit on the tail. It just has a tendency, like if I bump the table or touch the nose or whatever, it'll just slowly come up. So I'm just going to, um, use, uh, just drill a hole in the, in the underside of the nose and fill it full of the, um, what do you call it? Uh, I guess it was that liquid gravity, Darren, is that what yeah, you called man. it? Liquid gold, so, I call um, it. Yeah. So I'm going to just drill a little bit of a hole and then, you know, fill it up and then, cause it doesn't need much. It's, it's, it will sit on the nose wheel. Not a problem. It's just whenever I bump it or if I'm, you know, taking it somewhere, you know, you know how you go to shows and people get, you know, heavy handed. I want it to be solid on all three, um, wheels. So, but other than that, I mean, she, she should be done, you know, just as quick as I can get the liquid gravity stuff, fill the nose. And then it's just gluing all, all the parts. I don't have to paint anything. It's all just gluing on the, um, and I used epoxy for the main wheels and the nose wheels. So they're, they're really solid. They're not going anywhere, but you know, again, you know, for a hundred dollar kit, you know, to have uh, main struts that don't even have axles. And so you have to drill and pin using steel pins because you, you, you don't want anything that's going to bend because it's, it's weighted. So that's like, so once I, I would try to bend it a little bit and got them as close as I could, but you don't really know until you glue the strut on the wheel, really take a look at it. And I, I thought I did when I had test fit the wheels, but for some reason when everything got glued, I'm like, man, are they crooked? But after everything dried, put everything on the main mounts and the nose wheel and it's straight. So I dodged a bullet there. So now if I can just get the nose with some weight on it, we'll be good to go. Get the canopy on and glue some stuff on and put this thing away and then go back to to me again. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Yeah. It's those, those details in the end that, that eat up a lot of time. Yeah, D-Ran, what you got, man? You got a question? Yeah. On something? yeah I want, I want to kind of piggyback on your epoxy uh, for the landing gear. And this is yep. for the listeners out there. So I use the, uh, was it, is it Bob Smith, uh, industries five minute BSI, uh, five minute epoxy, which I love. Yep. The stuff is great. Apparently it has a shelf life. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the little Cessna 172, I was doing an epoxy the gear on, let it sit overnight. And the next day I could, and I mix it 50, 50, just like it says, just a, a pea size. Yep. Right. Don't tell me it was gooey. No, it just pulled right off. It did. It, the, the gear was still flimsy. It just pulls right off, and, and that's the only thing I could think of. I went and bought a new, a new uh, batch of it in rock, rock solid. So the only thing I can think of is this just a shelf life issue. But I just wanted to put that little yeah. thing out there for the uh, the listeners. Yeah, test always test it right. Yeah, like just man. take a take a margarine lid or some type of a lid, <laughs> right. yogurt lid, Something. and. Test that stuff out. Make sure that it works. You know, yeah. don't, that's the key. Now I, I will so a test batch before you use it. Yeah, you bet, man. I, I will say that my stuff is probably about what six years old. So, <laughs> but it's, oh geez, yeah, it's old. Okay. Oh, I'm a yeah, cheap bastard. Yeah. I try and stretch it out as far as I can. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like a year out or something like that. Maybe it starts going yeah. bad. But yes, no. so, yeah, dude, Frildo, what 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 are you building, man? Um, 
rounding the corner on the MiG-23. I'm doing all the FOD covers and everything now. I was doing that today. All the ordnance is on. Um, and the canopy. I'm using the um, kit. Gives you a decal for the baby ship, like, yellow canopy seal for it. So I'm going to use that on it, see how it works. And I finished up my Sherman the other day. So the Sherman for the Triple P's build is uh, is all done. I saw that. Like I the, the, the Triple P guys went nuts, dude. They said that you... Well, they kind of accept you as an armor builder, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm sure I, I did some armor no-nos on it that the other that the professionals wouldn't do. But it looks all right. It's good enough for government work. And uh, finish up the MiG-23 so I can get on to the uh, Tamiya P-38J. Nice, man. Yeah, and That's about it. You're like probably the first one with a P-38J running around. Outside of the folks out there on the west coast of Tamiya, right? Really? I don't know. I mean, they're not in stores yet. Well, Andy has one, but I guess he's in Arizona. So, so, so for for someone outside the industry, let's say, yeah. All right, man. I'm in work on a. I'm also in work on a on a, on an A4. I'm gonna do a A4M as a Brazilian AF1. Uh, I've talked about that in the last episode, and. Um, Let's see. I'm about done with the with the cockpit. Got done painting up the the details on it. Dry brush. Picked out the details with some, with a fine brush. Uh, some of the knobs and whatnot. Uh, pretty much keeping it out of the box, man. I'm not gonna go nothing nothing crazy here. I'm even using the uh, the kit seat, um, which is pretty narrow to be honest with you. I wanted to put a pilot in there since I'm using the kit seat because it's not very well detailed. So I had to dig through my box of pilots to see who would fit in there, and I found an old PJ Productions uh, pilot that figure that, that would fit in there. You know, it, it's 148 scale, so he's, he's a small guy. He's Brazilian, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had that is it. Had to sand yeah. the ass a little bit to squeeze it in that. You know, you, you're pretty familiar with that seat, uh, Gabe. So, I mean, you yeah. know, that, that thing is way underscaled, man. Right. Well, I mean, the, even the real one is pretty skinny. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about fitting into the the real one, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that seat and that kit is is uh, really it's, well. I don't know if it's overall undersized, but it's definitely narrow. It's yeah, it's it's a forty eight scale guy into. In re- reality, it's an it's extremely light. I can tell you from experience to grab it and yeah. pull yes. it out of the cockpit. The, it's really really light. Yeah. What do you call that seat then? The the Escapac? Escape Escapac. Yeah, we're we're gonna go down that again. That road again. Escape. No, no, we're not. No, Gabe, how do you say no. it? I've always said Escapac, but but I also didn't work on it. So yeah. Yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, let's see. You know, I was kind of thinking about that too. You know, when that airplane was designed, you know, you're not talking about guys that are our size anymore. You know, I mean, it, it, you got to go back to like what the early '60s, '50s, <laughs> yeah, late '50s, early '60s when those seats come out. You know. <clears throat> I can't remember. There were definitely size and weight limits when it comes to being a, a fighter pilot slash attack pilot. So, Dude, I had to gain freaking weight to ride the Nacy seat. I checked in in Kingsville, and they were like, what do you weigh? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I weighed like 160 pounds. And they're like, yeah, you're, the, the seat limit, I think it was like 150 something. Yeah. So yeah, they wanted, they're like, the you're gonna, you need to gain some weight. Because you're gonna freaking break your legs if you ever have to eject. So they did. They like they weighed me like in a month. Yeah. I was kind of stashed for like two months or whatever. Bulk up. So, 
they told me I had to, so I was going to the gym and eating more and I did, I put on probably 10 pounds, but you know, for me, that was to, so to go from like 160 to 170, it was, I mean, it was, you know, that was, that was hard. Well, it's good to hear everyone's working on stuff. You know, the work-life balance is working out. We're getting our time at the hobby bench, not being consumed by too much real life stuff. That's excellent. Before we go to news, let's uh, go ahead and hear from uh, one of our sponsors, Detail and Scale, Rock Rozak and Burt Kinsey. Let's see what they have to talk about. Hi, Model Geeks. Rock Rozak of Detail and Scale here to talk about our latest book, Attack Aircraft of the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps by Burt Kinsey. At the end of World War II, the Navy combined the missions and capabilities of the scout dive bomber and the torpedo bomber into a single aircraft and the A designation for attack aircraft was born. Our book covers 14 different attack aircraft, from the propeller-driven AU-1 Corsair, AM Mahler and the A-1 Sky Raider, to the jet-powered A-3 Sky Warrior and the A-7 Corsair II, and then moves on to the revolutionary short vertical takeoff and landing aircraft represented by the Harrier and the Harrier II. Also included are the legendary A-4 Skyhawk, the supersonic A-5 and RA-5C Vigilante, and the all-weather A-6 Intruder. Over 70 years of naval attack aviation history is at your fingertips. The book sells for $14.99 in its digital editions, while the print book goes for $21.99. Visit our website at www.detailandscale.com for more information. And now, back to the Model Geeks podcast. Thank you, Rock. Great hearing from you guys again. Looking forward to the next publication from you folks for sure. That attack book is fantastic. It's coming in real handy with some builds I got coming up. Thanks very much. Let's move on into the news. All right, Geek News, man. Um, You know, so this week I'm looking at around, you know, coming up with uh, items to talk about here on the show. Um, the last show, we, we covered a lot of, uh, new releases, uh, this week's, you know, and we're kind of compressed here too. We didn't have as much of a time spread as we did between recordings because we're trying to catch up with our old schedule. But anyway, you know, looking around on the internet, I come across a, a a pretty cool article I'm going to talk about real quick, just because it was uh, interesting to me is, uh, John Bryan. He's got a, uh, a blog called John's Models, Military Aircraft in 148, 1946 to present. In his latest blog, he, he, he wrote about, uh, I'm not doing this for fun, was the title. And it was a really good read. So I, I encourage anyone to take a look at it. And um, I know because just it, it hit me because in the last episode, you know, just us sitting here talking about building, uh, we threw, I, I know for me personally, listen back on it. I, I threw the word fun a lot, around a lot when, when talking about like building the, um, the tank, for example, the uh, Sherman. Um, Sure, it's fun being part of a group build and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and this, the, the, the media, meat of the article really gets into, but was it really fun for me to sit here and do, and do battle with Lincoln Link tracks? No, that wasn't fun. So, uh, but go ahead and take a, a read on this article, folks. It, it, it's really good. Um, it gives you a, a, a perspective of the hobby that, you know, we do this hobby, you know, any hobby is supposed to be, quote, fun, but there are certain aspects of it that certainly aren't. You know, we've all been filling seams all our lives, rescribing panel lines, 
masking canopies. You know, these are not fun things to do necessarily, but that end result is what leads, you know, what is what gets us past those mundane tasks, um, you know, to get that finished product on the shelf that we, that we enjoy. Um, but go ahead and take a look at that. That, that, that's a real, uh, Interesting read again. John's models, military aircraft in 148, 1946. The present in his blog, and he's got um several other you know articles and blogs that, uh, drop on his page that are it's all good reads. Uh, Dran, you want to add into that? Yeah, you know we we of course we had Spencer on before about the article he did. Stop competing with yourself. Um, yes, you know I also put out there uh, on Facebook about. The, the loss of mojo and it, you know, it comes down to, I, I, I kind of lost my interest or kind of my way or focus, if you will, because of, of just that, right. The feeling, the seams, the, the, uh, trying to get the accuracy of, uh, my cup car, right. Uh, all that mundane BS, right. So sometimes it's just good to get like we said in the last episode, that palate cleanser out there, just pull something out. That's you're not worried about the seams. You're not worried. Obviously you're going to, you know, put your spin on it, but you're just going back to the basics for fun. Um, you know, I read the article. It's a great article, but, uh, you know, there's, I don't know. There's just something to be said about just getting back to the basics and just having a good time. Right. Not, not really worrying about too much. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a balance, I think. I, th- I thought the article was really good. Um, I mean, it totally spoke to me as well. I it it you want to like I so, said. Okay, so what are the fun parts? The fun parts are the before you even start like thinking about. Oh man, what am I gonna? What scheme am I gonna do? Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna be so cool, man! I can't wait to get this done, man. That's fun. That's the the dreaming or the thinking about. Oh man, what? How cool is this model gonna look? This is gonna be like the best one ever, man. And then you get once I get past the cockpit, then the fun stops. Up through up through the first opening the box, putting the cockpit together, painting it up, man. I'm like super excited, and then. Oh man, just like reality sets in and it's nothing but glue and crap and sanding and seams and ghost seams and shit. I forgot to put the weight in those crap, all that stuff for alignment, this and that. And then once you get it put together and then, oh man, okay, I've rescribed it or, you know, repaired, you know, panel lines or whatever, whether raised or, um, recessed and then and then he's then i start painting again oh man then that's fun again then i'm all excited and then i get the decals and clear parts and i'm like screw this crap let me start another one and so then i pull out another model and i start working on you know what i mean and it's so finally i think we all have those phases that we love and i don't know anybody that goes man i really enjoy putting the, the air playing together and sanding those seams that's just wonderful no, I, i've that. never heard anybody say that I've, you know yeah. i mean I've got five kits sitting right here that are all sitting here gray. They're assembled with the cockpits done and I'm stalled. Point there taken. <laughs> Rage, what you got on it? Yeah, I mean, that, that article really got me thinking about the whole thing, just like Scott was talking about. But, you know, if I break it down, honestly, sometimes I can't, I can't tell you any one specific step, any in the process of building a model that I would ever call fun. But 
<laughs> but, what? But we do but, this. No. But we but, do this hobby. Yeah. But, but why do I do it? There's something that the collective, this collection of tasks, none of which are individually fun, somehow end up in an enjoyable process or you know and I, and I don't know for some people it's the process some people it's the end result but uh you know i i'm not sure what about it is fun because virtually <laughs> even even the parts of it i'm good at i'm not sure i would call you know filling seams or scribing panel lines fun but i sure as heck get a lot of satisfaction out of it once it's done yes exactly. and that's so, talked yeah. about in the article a lot is the satisfaction aspect of, of yeah. the hobby the end result when you take it and you put it on your shelf and you say, "Look at that!" Yeah, because yeah. I because oh, I think that's the moment. The, the opposite or the or the the alternative of having fun the whole way through the build because you're not worried about seams and you're not worried about anything. Then your finished product you're disappointed with, and that happened to me on a couple of occasions where. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to build it. I'm going to have fun. And I did until I put it on my shelf and I'm like, that looks like crap. Yeah, that's the worst is when you step that's back the worst and, feeling. and you go, wow, that is just awful. I have two <laughs> models, two two models that are recent models that are in my case because I'm not, I mean, they're done, but I'm like, I can't believe that's mine. That, it just, it's just, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that was weak. That was not good. Not good effort. And, uh, that's a, that's a worse feeling than, well, this is, I'm not having fun sanding the seams because I know that in the end, it's going to be the, the, it, the reward at the end of the, at, at the journey is it's completely worth it. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. I don't, sorry, Whitey, you were about to say something. No, 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 go ahead. I mean, no, it, you know, it, 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 yeah, I, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's the journey, if it's the end result, if it's looking at it, at it in the case, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And maybe it's sometimes it's a little of each, but, uh, what drives me and, uh, gives me satisfaction and such out of this whole, this whole hobby. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it, I guess it's fun. A lot of yeah. the time it's not. Well, we, we toss out a word around a bunch in, in the yeah. hobby. And, and when you, put the brakes on and look it's exactly this you go wow that's really not fun and someone outside of the hobby would probably hear this and be like what the hell do you guys do this for you know? <laughs> my wife says it all but the time in the she end, comes in she hears me bitching and moaning yeah. about oh, what, 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 piece of crap she's like why do you do this i'm like yeah Whoa. it's that satisfaction though that yeah. that's the yep. key word there i think yeah. uh, at least that's what i got from it is uh is, yeah. is that that's what jumped out at me it was like yep that satisfaction in the end is uh, I guess what we're striving for, you know. Right. Well, anyway, yeah, it was a good, uh, definitely a good perspective. So thanks for that, John. Um, other news uh, that I came across, um, I saw a post on Kinetic's Facebook page. I know about two years ago they announced a one seventy second scale C seventeen, and on ARC the a thread got. Uh, reignited last week because these guys said that they're going to make an announcement at Nats regarding this kit. So whether or not they, I know it was shelved for a while because they were going through some engineering issues with it because obviously it's going to be a big model. And, um, but apparently they've either got everything ironed out and they're going to announce it's coming or they got, (laughs) or they haven't made any progress and they're going to announce they're canceling it. So one or the other, either way, it's not a 148 P3. So come on, kinetic. 
Let's see. Uh, in new kits on the streets. Um, again, we covered airplanes a bunch last time, so I'm going to talk about some armor stuff. Um, this company Gecko Models. Fittingly enough, we are recording what? What is this? The eighth uh, of June. So D-Day was two days ago, the anniversary of seventy-eight years ago. And uh, Gecko Models. Uh, they released um, two items in one thirty-five scale related to to the Normandy invasion and uh, Normandy beach obstacles being being one of the items. They have those uh, the, the telemine logs and those uh, the hedgehogs, which uh, um, they have the box labeled hedgehogs. And when I think D-Day and hedgehogs, I'm thinking Sherman tanks with stuff welded to the front. But I guess that was also what they called those beach obstacles with that you know like angle irons that are welded together in various uh, shapes to impede traffic and whatnot. So um, they they have a set of those coming out. So anyone that's you know diorama minded in that regard, there you go. And Gecko Models, they also got a 135 British landing craft coming as well. Um, Frildo, what you got, brother? You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that about D-Day, right? So, it's what, it was Tuesday. So, it's Tuesday morning. I get up, I'm like, oh, shoot, it's D-Day, you know? So, I go put on the History Channel, and they had one show on it for an hour from 8 to 9. And that was it. And after that, it was American Pickers. And nothing else on either the History Channel or the Smithsonian Channel about D-Day. And so you're like, watching the longest up. day, or was that your own recording or your own? Um, no, I was watching that on YouTube. Oh, what okay. about uh, yeah. what about uh, American Heroes Channel? Wonder if they moved it all over there. Yeah, nothing on there. Yeah, no. no. Like, that that was the third one that I went to, and I'm like, how the hell? Well, that's they not sad. Have anything? Huh. That's, that's just weird. a weird and sad on their part. Then, and then yeah. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, an FVA he used to fly with. And he said that he asked some junior sailor or something. He's like, Hey, you know, what's what is significant about today? And the dude didn't even know. He's like, I don't know. Tuesday. <laughs> and he was like, man, you guys not know anything. Yeah. So it's my daughter's birthday. So I always <laughs> remember it that way too. It's always but, easy to remember. <laughs> uh, um, no, I'm with you there though. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, what was it? The seventy uh, fifth anniversary was huge. Of course, they had you know they have a, a big celebration. Or not cel- celebration is probably the wrong word. Commemorations each year over in Normandy, um, with the the last one, the seventy fifth, being huge because you know sadly a, a lot of these veterans are, are that was probably the, really the last hurrah. You know, for the eightieth, we'll see uh, in a couple of years. I know for myself, I was thinking about the eightieth coming up, and you know, so two years out. Um, I've had a C-47 sitting in the stash forever, and I have this idea in my head to do the whole, I want to do that scene in Band of Brothers when they're just getting ready to gear up and get on the C-47s. And, you know, I've gathered the research materials and the markings and all that kind of stuff, um, the figures, and and I just need to get my butt in gear and build the thing. Uh, And I think um, that'd be something I'd love to have done for the uh, 80th anniversary uh, year of the invasion because probably a lot of shows will have that as a, as a highlight as well as a theme rather. Set the uh, trumpeter kit you got. No, I got the monogram one. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, the trumpeter one looks nice. The cowlings are obviously a little hosed up, but there's fixes for those out there. Yep. You know, there's replacements one for, for it. Um, I understand it's a pretty decent kit, but I just don't want to invest more money in a kit that you know when i already have the the monogram one's pretty decent yeah i actually know? picked it up here not too long ago with with the the correct uh cowlings the uh 
the resin, the resin cowlings to go with it. So the, you you picked up the trumpet one. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so. yeah. How's it look, it's, man? It, it look it looks good. Yeah. Next time yeah. you're over here, you can uh, take a look at it. But yeah, no, it it looks sharp. I'm 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 looking forward to building it for the same reason, man. Band of Brothers, one of my favorite movies of all time or series oh, of all God. time. So. Yeah. That that's I can't wait for the the second one to come out with the uh that they're working on now about the air war. Uh that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Gabe, did you, you know have something to add? Oh, I was gonna say uh, hasn't Justin built both of those kits, both the monogram and I the think, trumpet? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So you could ask Yeah. Him. Yeah. Let's see what the uh I know years ago I picked up that C forty seven with the you know, building a D Day thing in mind and yeah, I, I broke it out the other day to take a look at it, and I forgot that I'd, I'd already removed the rudder for some reason. So now I have to mess with that. <laughs> I think I wanted to angle it or something. Wish I wish I hadn't, but it's what's done is done. You know, if I ever turn to a life of crime, the first thing that I steal is that our um, local VFW here in like that back little room they have, they have a huge lithograph of that scene right before they're getting ready to board the airplane they're all like yeah, on, like giving themselves mohawks and i think that the name of it's called i think like the calm before the storm yep yeah it's cool and it shows uh, them getting ready to, like gearing up to go you know painting yeah you know right up the road here up in uh i believe it's in carlisle they've got uh the museum it's got all of uh, uh captain winters major winters uh gear and stuff in there there's a, a whole little museum there set up to uh the hundred and first from uh Yeah, he he lived right up in that area. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Definitely. Remember he's a Quaker. They don't want no Quaker leading them into battle. <laughs> All right, uh more modeling items. Black dog resin. They got a bunch of cool stuff coming out. Uh twenty four items in total coming out in June according to the modeling news. I was checking that out the other day. Um bunch of stuff for the uh, 72nd scale C-130H. And what caught my eye is these, uh, the 148 EA-6B Prowl. They have a bunch of stuff coming out for them. And in particular, they have uh, you know, the birdcage that you see in the back end. With, and you, usually, so you know, open. They have it open. guys on carriers. Yeah, you always see that thing open when wow. you're down in the hangar bay. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, they're selling that. They sell a, 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 a full meal deal thing, and then they sell each item individually as well. So I'm thinking, all right, I can buy that and use it on a uh, on an intruder as well. So, oh yeah, and, it's the same, uh, same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, pretty much. I'm yeah. sure there's some different avionics boxes kicking around in there, but you can always check your references and yeah. go from there. But the structure itself is there with the little ladder and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of cool. Uh, a 72 uh, or a, a 48 scale S2 track of Bombay. So, Frill, if you want to build yourself another tracker, there you go. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Tons Which, of stuff for the OV-10 Bronco kits that have just come out as well. Now, Engines, that, opto That excites that. me. That one excites me. Yeah, the, the, the open engine column looks really uh, looks really cool. Black Box makes some, some decent stuff. They do, man. I got all the H-53 stuff. Whether it's You'll the, never the RH it. and the MH. Yeah, but I still have it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got some of their... Uh, their h3 stuff as well so cool yeah, especially yeah, the rotor heads man those yeah. those helo rotor heads that they do it's good stuff man no, they're detailed to the yeah they jam up, yep. jam in the detail on those rotor heads man that's cool uh let's see and uh lastly they have the uh for the airfix vampire kit 
uh, they have an engine uh, that you can stuff in the back of that thing uh, with the open panels and everything like that from the top. And let's see, via message from Ray Davis down in Australia via Facebook message, he sent me a link to uh, Ronin decals down there in Australia. It has a bunch of uh, Royal New Zealand Air Force A4 stickers, Darren, coming out um, for the A4Ks, the TA4Ks, covering both of their early and late schemes, the camo, lizard camo schemes, and the, uh, I guess what they call the uh, Kahu. That's probably pronounced yep. wrong somehow, but um, which is the overall green, I believe, uh, which even though it's overall green, you can make that look really cool. I've seen, uh, you know, oh, yeah. it, it, one of the guys in the uh, group build, uh, I apologize for not re- recalling the name offhand, but he's, he's done one up in that overall green scheme. And man, it just looks badass with the weathering on it and stuff like that. Yeah. Why do I, I, I want to, I want to thank you for the, uh, the, the shout out, the plug there for uh, the, Hashtag uh, stickers, not decals. Thanks. Stickers, stickers. Yeah. You know, I don't know why you want to call them stickers, but we will. We'll play a game. Stickers. My wife calls them stickers. That's what Allison calls them. Stickers. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, yeah, uh, it, just real quick on those Kahu, uh, uh, the uh, the Kahu stuff. So the uh, they actually wore the lizard scheme for a little while after they were converted to Kahu, uh, in case anyone. Is now, what is it? That, so. what, what do you mean by converted to Kahu? Is that uh, why it's called a? It, yeah, the Kahu Kahu was the uh, the big upgrade they did to them when they put the the uh, radar. Essentially, it's an F sixteen radar. And, oh wow! And yeah, huge huge avionics upgrade, glass cockpit, all that. Um, um, so they, they actually did wear the Blizzard scheme at least for a short time after and maybe not all of them did but some had been converted to kahu standard before they repainted them in the overall green all right so that uh, gives you some options as well plus uh barracuda studios is doing a uh, kahu uh conversion 30 second scale 30 second scale so. yeah and well these guys are doing the decals in 30 second as well and you know they're gonna uh let's see in 70, 72 48 and 32 um so, folks, you can see why we keep Gabe around. He's a repository for no- of knowledge when it comes to, uh, you know, oh, okay, Gabe, I have this kit. What block can I build from this? And boom, you're going to get the info. Okay, how do I need yeah. to make it fit? And Gabe's like, oh, hold on. Let me yeah. t- flip through. Okay, here's what you have to do. <laughs> Cut here, snip there, a little sand here. Yep. Uh, and it goes. Yeah. Makes your li- yep, makes your life way easier. And we're just like, oh, my God, this is, it's everything. Just knows everything. At least yeah. I'm useful for something. Get, get, uh, wasted, yeah. Wasted penguins on my iceberg. But, uh. <laughs> Kate, you, you need to seriously think about a tips and tricks book. I, I'm just saying. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. You know, huh. Sitting around the hotel wrong. rooms when you're not, on those road trips. Just not a bad idea. Bust out the iPad <laughs> and do some typing. I, I'd buy the damn thing for sure. <laughs> At least we know four people will. There you go. <laughs> well, five. Two. All right. Give me two, you talk. Give me two. It was just last week I was hitting you up for gouge on the uh, the the F sixteen N questions I had last week. Answered right away. Oh. Boom. It's kind of scary, isn't it? You're like, well, I'm just gonna ask Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> and he knows. On a handful of subjects, I, I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot. But uh. <laughs> capitalize on it, shipmate. Capitalize on it. Uh. All right, new kits. What did we pick up this week? Um, I, I oh, before we move on to that, um, yeah, I was going to say what other, what other stuff have you guys seen out there? Yeah, um, Furball's got a new Pacific Air Forces F sixteen sheet coming out with like a gazillion 
options. Yes, he does. It looks really cool. And uh, another one, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, and maybe you've mentioned it uh, on previous episodes, but I just saw that Wolfpack is coming out with a 48 scale uh, SH60 Bravo. Um, oh, no it's kidding. Gonna be the, it's going to be the Italeri oh, cool. plastic plus the, uh, you know, the skunk model. You remember skunk models did a, a, did they do a Bravo? I think they just did a, I, I think know they, they just, did the uh, Jayhawk. Yeah, they, they think they, they just did the Hotel and the hotel, Juliet. Yep. Um, so some of the parts they that Skunk Models did for the uh, the hotel, which is the the corrected doors and and pylons and such, they're going to incorporate that with the Italeri, um Bravo kit plus some uh, some additional resin and uh, photo etch. They're gonna they're coming out with the Bravo. Man, Gabe's so good with his freaking aircraft knowledge. I ask him H sixty and H fifty three questions. <laughs> I'm like, hey Gabe, what's the whatever on the sixty? He's like, oh, don't forget the blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Oh. Let, let, let's throw that. Never in, mind that I flew the damn thing. <laughs> let's throw that in perspective for remember. the listeners. So, so that's a helicopter pilot asking a Hornet pilot <laughs> about helicopter. Well, uh, what's funny though is on the Hornet stuff, I've got to actually go look it all up. I've forgotten. I've forgotten <laughs> yeah, most of my Hornet stuff. I know that's. I could probably get away with building a fifty three now because I don't remember any of that crap. You know, it's a long time ago. <laughs> I remember the smell, though. So, uh, you know, that's. Can I ask you guys is is aviators this question? I mean, is it when when you get in your platform, is it? Do, do you look at the other platforms and go, oh, "That's cool over there," and just kind of yeah. blow out all the stuff uh, about yours, and then you're compartmentalized in your cockpit, so you don't really pay attention to all the the you know proliferate. I can't pronounce it. Scott, help me out. But you know, the, the outside stuff, the details, uh, does, is that a thing? Yeah. I, th- I think it was when I was flying Hornets. I think I was so focused on what I needed to focus on, uh, to fly them and to fight in them that I didn't focus on all the, all the details to yeah. build a model of one. But, but then, you know, you'd be out on the ship and I'd walk around the flight deck and I'd be p- taking pictures of, prowlers and right. s3s and you know I, model reference pictures but i never took them of the airplanes i was flying yeah. see that's, that's i did the same exact thing right. so i took i took a ton of pictures when i when we would be on a boat or wherever um you know and i was lucky enough i lived in a hotel and i didn't have to live on a boat very often but when i did i was always out snapping pictures of everything but the 53 so yep. i did a you know, my tour flying 53s and I loved it in the Navy. It was great. And, um, yeah, I got like three pictures of them. So, <laughs> got like one yeah. of me on the inside and I got a couple of me standing beside it on the boat and that's it. And I didn't oh, yeah. take like my aircraft that has my name on it and all that. I didn't take pictures, of any of the markings, nothing other than my name and that's it. And I just like, why I have pictures of like Hornets and Tomcats and F-15s, F-16s everything teeth yeah, all that nope i got nothing got nothing well, and that's what you bill so i guess we're batting a thousand it is a thing that's that's yeah that's uh interesting i think yeah, i've got very well, few photos of the of the of the the hornets that had my name on them or uh, yeah. really yeah. hornets at all while i was flying i, just, I don't have very many pictures you I take just, it for granted i think yeah i just yep. know as maintainers and whitey will tell you because in, in for all of, you, you walk around and oh my god look here's a hornet oh my god here's an 860 oh my god here's you know an, an a6 and you just walk around snapping pictures of everything trying to to get as much as you can so yeah i don't know I, there was even one the last air show that i did um 
the aircraft that just happened to be up for that trip was the one that had my name on it. So I got to fly my aircraft to an air show and uh, it, it was just, it was, I didn't, I not one picture. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, it's just, you know, I don't understand why, cause I'm kicking myself now. That's one of the reasons why I haven't built a 53 is cause I, I mean, I can have Jeff probably get me or somebody, you know, make some decals for me with my name, but I don't have all the PCs names and all the other names and, you know, all that's, I just, I just, I know what, you know, it is though. So I could piecemeal it together, but that's, that just, you know, so there's, that's probably why I haven't built a 53. Cause I don't want to do, they had a, the markings that come in the kit are, they're decent uh, decals. I think they're cartographed, but it's, you know, it's, it's the CO's jet or the CO's jet, the CO's aircraft. So it's the colorful uh, markings, um, with the Blackhawk. And I want a line, I want dirty, 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 nasty looking all the gunship gray with the, the gray markings. And yeah, I want it. I don't want any glossy <laughs> white and red. I don't know. So I don't know. I'll never build one. All right. Maybe I'll challenge you, Scott. You build it. You build a fifty-three in the next uh, in the next twelve months. You got to build a fifty-three, and I got to build a uh, an A model Hornet with my name on it. I oh, that sounds like a I good that, challenge. I think that might be a good. That might be. I, I, I that might be good. I think I've got that decal set with your name on it, there, Gabe. Yeah, I, I might have a few copies. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're out there. Uh, any other new stuff y'all heard about? New think, announcements. We already talked about the F-16s, right? Yeah, we did that Atlantic. last show. Yeah, yeah, yep. I thought yep. so. Yeah. Yep. I'll get one. <laughs> All right. What what'd y'all buy, man? Not much. Well, I got Oh, wow, what what? I, yeah, huh? man. I only I got two two sticker sheets. Stickers. I got I did. I got um some extra decal stuff. Spitfire stuff. Yeah. So right. I got Nice. I got one for the uh, for the FR and the Mark 18 E, and then I got uh, for the Mark 9 the 20 the 18 E is with uh, is 48 scale, and then the Mark 9 uh, is the 24 scale, the Airfix kit that's supposed to come out. I think this summer. So yeah, I got yeah, yeah. Hannets. Uh, they're extra decal. They're nice. So, yeah, I want to get those uh, the 18 when it comes out. Cool. That's it. That's all I got. Broke a geek's rule, but uh, I've got a seventy-second scale big plane kits uh, seven thirty-seven two hundred. That's not that's not breaking a rule. No, that's, that's okay. okay. That's, a, that's okay. That's a big plane because oh, it's a big, yeah. and it's one yeah. I've flown. So. And you've flown, so it it, it can go. be like yeah. it could be one one forty-four or it could be one thirty. It doesn't matter if you've flown. You're you're a lot. You you were encouraged to buy it, so you're and build it and build it. Not. <laughs> we'll see about that. Let's not get all crazy yeah. with but the I'll have it here, there you go. You'll have it. Yes. That's right. I'll have it. I feel so privileged that I can build 72nd scale F-18s now. Char- go ahead. Char- you can. Charlie's only though, right? Crank them Does out. Does it bro. have to yeah. be the? Yeah, you have to have flown in it. Then it's then it doesn't matter the scale. Or it can be a wooden one or plastic. Like I have a bunch of these when I was, <laughs> I was at like Walmart one time and they had those those little I don't know the name of the company, Corgi or whatever yeah, it is. Corgi. I saw, yeah, I saw a 50, little little diecast, little little bitty itty bitty fifty three. Oh hell yeah, I bought that thing, man. You know, I got a TH fifty seven. I got a bunch of others. So it doesn't matter if you got three thousand hours nope. or two. Nope. 
Nope. Oh, nope. Doesn't, fucking, doesn't I'm in there. <laughs> doesn't matter. So you got to what? You got to get a Delta? Is that? No, no. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a, a yeah. Well, Bravo. <laughs> I, Bravo. I'll shut yeah. up now. Well, I flew Alphas, man. So. <laughs> okay. I picked up the because uh, our club for PaxCon, our theme build for the club is uh, not another zero, and it's. Did you get that Arma Hobby kit? I did. Oh, I did. That's so Ooh. nice, man. Um, so I did the um, Arma Hobby. I picked up the Arma Hobby seventy-two scale KI eighty-four that I'm gonna do for that. Nice, so, good choice, man. Good choice. I'd actually join you in that one. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I had earmarked too. That's a beautiful kit, man. They really did a good it job is. with the uh, detailing and only I, two sprues too. It's awesome. Wow. I think I think we should we should probably amend the geeks' rules a little bit. When <laughs> when a company puts out a really nice kit in seventy second scale, like really nice, like oh, holy oh, crap, it's a fantastic. Then it's okay to build it, even if you you know if it's breaking the rules. So we're getting real is. close to just saying. Oh. I really freaking like it, so I'm going to buy it. <laughs> that could be, yeah. Of course, you know, you're only breaking the rules if you get caught. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Frillo, that's sharp, man. Yeah, and you get cool. six cool options to pick. From, cool, so. man. All right. But yeah, I mean, the only thing that sucks about it is the box is like the old Ravel. Oh, balls. opening box. It's not uh, a... Boo. So, well. But yeah, there's only... That's it. That's the kit right there. And you wow. get a small photo wedge fret, but but that's it. You get two gray sprues and the clear sprues. That's it. Cool. So I'm wanting to do that one for the club build. Nemo. Keep group build. Whitey. I've already we got a all- seventy second scale Japanese aircraft. Oh come on. I'm just I'm, I'm join join the group. I'll buy one for you. Whitey Whitey avoids uh he avoids group bills now. Like hey, that crack would be pretty hookers, cool, man. though. I if, do. If, so if Darren, Frill, Whitey, myself, if we all built those little, man, that would that would look pretty neat, man. But we got that all do. So there. there's six different uh, variants you can do in there or markings. So we ha- we have to yeah. all do separate. We got to figure something out. different. Yeah, so I agree. Something different. Yeah. And then then we can have like a geek display too. You know? Yeah, man. I'm I'm down. Oh my god! All I'm right. Down. All right. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the one volunteering to do that last scheme right now. Oh there man, that's the, just blotch, yeah, blotch, so blotch, someone blotch, else can jump on that. Easy, someone easy. else can jump. Oh, on that's that got right Scott there. written all over it. Yup. Nice. Easy day, man. I want to do the. I want to do the stripes on the tail. I'll do I the enjoyed it one. when I when I built my thirty second scale one. That was a nice build. The I have an, kit. Yeah. I have an oh by the way. Can I? Am I allowed? I guess. Throw it in there, man. <laughs> so I finally got my freaking little um the airbrush with the oh, little mini compressor. Look at that. From, right, from so, uh, spray yeah. gunner? From no, from I got it from uh I can't neat and something neat hobby or whatever, and they finally shipped me the uh this little the connector piece that they failed to send me. Just you know, accident. So they dropped it in the mail, got it to me in a couple of days. Looks like just and, a little uh, aluminum block with some threads. It's in it. It, yeah, it just it, con- it connects the airbrush to the um you know to the compressor, and each one of, I have three of the batteries. Each battery lasts about a half hour, and uh, while I have yet to spray with it, I've well I, I take that back. I sprayed some uh, just some you know uh, alcohol through it, and uh, holy crap, it's probably about 
15 to 20 PSI, you know, and uh, spray's really nice. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Do what? That's the needle size. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, but it's pretty fun. I could do I could do hairlines with it you, when I was painting on the paper. You change them out. They got uh, different tips, and uh, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Yeah, I wouldn't though. This is just like a demo. When yeah. you know, like when I got it, so when we go to Nats and I got to do the demo yeah. for the TPS scheme, I don't have to schlep my freaking compressor and all my stuff, so good, I can just good practice yeah, here. Good thinking. Good someone, yeah, someone man. at the one of the club meetings was, meetings was saying that there's an adapter you can get where you can use your your own airbrush. Like you have a different airbrush. I think that was yeah. El Presidente. Yeah, it? I think it was. I think yeah. he got one for his, didn't he? Yeah. I know I that did, that yeah. little metal adapter that they sent me. Now I haven't tried to screw on, you know, one of my own airbrushes, but I'll I'll try it. I didn't I didn't really think about it. I just kind of like, well, I'm just gonna use it to you know, travel with and take up a lot of, lot less room and, you know, it seems to spray pretty well. So it's just same thing, you know, you take care of it and should be all right. Send Darren the info on that. Maybe we can toss that in the show notes. Sure. So folks, we'll do. People are interested in yep. checking one of those out, buying one or whatever, they can do that. We'll do, man. New kits. Uh, all right. So Gabe, we covered you already. Did you, did you buy some new stuff, man, or? Yeah, uh, well, the seven thirty seven. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other right. than that, I did. I did pick up a couple uh, old uh, SE uh, S three and US three kits at the. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, at the at, at Kings, which is pretty much nothing but consignment nowadays. But uh, oh, yeah, so awful. a couple old S three kits. All right, cool. Sounds sounds like everyone's blowing money still, even even though we have Nats coming up. That's fine. Keep the hobby alive, man. I know I'm getting ready to sell a whole bunch of kits on ebay so i can have some so you can go buy more money kits. so i can buy more kits <laughs> is that a little dumb <laughs> ironic whatever choice of words you want to use man. yeah whatever uh, cool. spe- speaking of which shows and contests so in the weeks leading up to nats there is no slowing down of local shows and contests either um weekend of june 18th which would be okay this episode is going to drop on the 17th so tomorrow uh the weekend of june 18th we have uh Several shows kicking off around the country. Uh, Scott Con, no relation. Uh, Scott Con is kicking off down there in Warner Robins, Georgia. Out in o- Oklahoma City, Gabe and I's former stomping, stomping grounds. We got the Metro Con kicking off. Nim Con over in Crystal Lake, Illinois. North Shore Model Expo happening over in Covington, Louisiana. And then the following weekend, June 25th, is uh, Pam's Con. In Plant City, Florida, and SilvaCon 2022 in Sacramento, and post Nats in August 13th, we have some somewhat local to us. The uh, Virginia Shooto is happening again over in Roanoke at the IPMS, um, sponsored by the IPMS Roanoke Valley, happening at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. So we'll be at that one, I think. Right? We're kind of oh, planning on that. I'm, I'm going to be there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Nats happening in July 20th to the 23rd out there in Omaha. We're there for that. Rooms are booked. Flights are booked. Models aren't done yet, though. So still in work on those they'll, things. They'll get there. And they'll get um, there. Contraire, good sir. <laughs> Go ahead. I already have my containers. Built, I'm building up my containers now because but that way model. it's right. The ones that the three that I'm taking out with me. So that way they're okay. done. And that way I don't have to worry about it. I can just grab and go. Because nothing sucks worse than you're sitting there, 
night before a show, you're trying to like cram some cram into the box and everything, and you end up breaking something. And yeah, you don't want to do that, man. So what nope. you so what you taking, bro? You know what you're taking? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Sherman, the Tracker, and the A4, my A4M. Cool. All right. And that's it. And it'll all fit in that container that I took the other times. So, good deal, man. You know, yeah, that way it's all done. Good to go. Those, uh, those containers, I, who was it that, that showed those, uh, was before Nats in Las Vegas, somebody popped up with the containers that were at, uh, Joanne's, I think it was on sale. Yeah. It was, it was me with the little, you just shut them and they clip shut, you know? Yeah, man. I was at Hobby Lobby the other day, and every time I go in there, and they, you go back to the clearance section, and they have them. Oh, really? I buy, the, I buy the hell out of them. I've got like eight of them stuck back here. They're perfect. Those yeah, are the yeah, yeah. perfect carriers. And we go to the container store. That's where I get mine. Really? Yeah, because they've got all kinds of different sizes. Where's the container store? There are several of them in D.C. So just uh, I don't go to D.C. Yeah. Google container no. store. <laughs> And, yeah. um, there's a, they've just got all different sizes with different wet, you know, height, width, dips, all that, just yeah. tons and tons and tons of different sizes. So get the right one. And they're just the time the the, the lid just kind of clips. Yep. Same, shut real simple. Yeah. Same here. I love the damn things and they stack on top of each other without moving around. Yep. yep. And yep. I, I carried that one with the, uh, the Phantom and the, uh, the Salvador yep. Mercedes in it. And yep. I, I could literally carry it like a suitcase and that stuff yeah, was not going anywhere. It was great. Nope. The key, the key, Justin and I found out the key is, is put, once you put the model in the, in your case, when you close the lid, just have like a, how do I, I don't know how, even how I would call it, but it's a piece of foam that like a, a column that attaches via, I don't know, whatever you want to use, like double-sided tape, to the inside of the lid. So when you put the lid down, it kind of just gently touches the top part of the model. So it's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Hot glue. Not with hot my glue. Yeah. Hot glue, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, See, but that, can't, it's that piece on the top. That's the key. I can't do that for the tracker because of the wings. I mean, I probably, I, I don't know. That's what, that's why I'm doing, figuring all that crap out now. See, so Whitey's yeah, got that problem with the S, uh, the S three with the, uh, well, the tail's too high tail. on it. You know, same, so I'll same put that wheels. in the lab. It's way too high. Put it in the lab if, you, if you're driving, man. Uh, I don't know. I want to be responsible for that. Uh, or the tracker okay. there, Frildo. <laughs> tracker will be with me. It'll be all good. All right. it, the tracker will fit in that box. All right. You're going to yeah. be able to get Come that on, under the seat on the airplane? Yeah, that's why That's why I have that one. Because when, I, when, when we went to uh, Gabe's Neck of the Woods back in 2018, that was a container that I took that slid right under the seat. Okay. In between me and the other guy, and then I could put in the overhead bin if I have to. Not to mention, you know, I think we're all three on the same flight, so we can, you know, we know to be, you know, respectful and move our stuff, and so we're not going to be traipsing all over it. Or brave. Yeah. No, think about it. It's only a two-hour, it's like a two-hour ride. I know. It's like a 19-hour drive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's the brave one? Well, somebody's got to take our gear out there. Well, that's true. And a couple more models, right? Yeah. Y'all owe me serious drinks when we get there. Yeah. Because I want to take the Spitfire and the F4 and the... No, I'm just kidding. 
I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding, Darren. <laughs> He's like, I'm seriously, over shaking my it. head. No, I'm not driving. I'm not even going. Yeah. I'm only taking the A4 because of the group bill, for Christ's sakes. I know. I, I, I want to take the F4 and the A4. I think that's all I'll be able to you do. Get, you got Sherman to finish, too, there, D-Ran. Look, you know, that's uh, number two on my list. Uh, I get love the, the Triple P guys. I want to get it done, but uh, my priority is the A4. Sorry. Orale, gotta represent Holmes. <laughs> look, look, JB's already gone to a slammer build with a uh, oh, no. Viper's airplane, I think it is. Yep. But... All right, folks, hit up the IPMS USA events calendar if you want to see if there's uh, shows, contests, and whatnot. Modeling, scale modeling events anywhere in your neck of the woods. It's a good good place to check it out. And uh, we'll ho- we hope to see you guys out there at Nats. Um, speaking of, you know, if uh, if you're going... Come by, say hi, have a drink with us in the lobby. What was it? Wednesday night we're having a hangout down there in the lobby or something we like that. We are. We are. We have a social with the rest of the podcast. And our our booth is going to be outside uh, in the main, uh, outside the main hall. And we're going to be adjacent to uh, Sprue Brothers sitting there with Gordon and all the folks there from Sprue Brothers. All right. So, yeah. Easy to find. Man. We're right there. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, Darren, while we have some dead air, speaking of, go ahead and uh, why don't you talk to us about the Patreon and our podcast brethren and where they, where people can find that stuff. Yep, no problem, Whitey. We, the geeks, would like to thank all of you, the listeners, for your continued support. We would also like to ask that if you enjoy listening to the show and would like to further support us in our endeavor to promote the scale modeling hobby, then please take a moment and head over to our Model Geeks Patreon page. There you can donate anything from a dollar on up, and every penny goes to help offset our production costs. If Patreon isn't your cup of tea, then you can make a one-time donation by visiting our PayPal Me page. This can be done by simply clicking the heart icon at the top right corner of our homepage, and that will take you directly to our PayPal Me page. Please note, Donations are not in any way a requirement. We will continue to work hard to deliver the best scale modeling content that we can. So, once again, I'd like to say thank you to you all for downloading and listening. All right, man. Thanks, D-Rand. Thanks for that. And thank you to our Patreon supporters and anyone else that's donating to the cause, keeping us afloat over here. Um, Hobby Shop shoutouts. I got one via email. Uh, coming in from uh, our neighbor, Jerry Whiteside. He reports um, Bill and Walt's hobby shop up in White Oak, Pennsylvania. Not sure where White Oak is exactly, um, but Bill and Walt, they got a shop there. And Jerry reports uh, a good stock of Model Master enamels. So if you're one of those people that shoots enamels, there you go. Go check them out. That stuff's dwindling, going away fast. And he also says got a great model selection and plenty of building supplies, glues, paints, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um check out Bill and Walt, White Oak, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the, uh sending that in, Jerry. It's funny the uh email that you sent came right when I was doing the outline. I was racking my brain to find the hobby shop shout out. So perfect timing. Um Gabe, you wanted to speak about a shop as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to give a shout out to uh Rudy and Danielle at uh Lionheart Hobby in Kyle, Texas. Uh, Rudy uh, used to uh, be part of the the uh, 
the old crew up at Kings. Uh, he's opened his own shop now and uh, just doing a tremendous job. It's still a very small shop, but uh, it's amazing. Uh, at least the quality of the selection that they already have. And they're, uh, they're growing rapidly and uh, adding new, uh, new kits, new lines of product and uh, supplies. And uh, every day there's something new. If you, their newsletter comes out once a week and there's just more and more new stuff. And one of the things that Rudy is especially good at is reference material. He, uh, he's got a tremendous selection of books and magazines and uh, things you wouldn't even know existed unless you go in a specialty shop like that. So uh, again, Lionheart Hobby in uh, Kyle, Texas, just an amazing place. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to visiting the place when we get down there for Nats, uh, what, 2023, we're heading that way. So <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. very close it's- to where Nats is going to be within probably 20 minutes of where of the where Nats is going to be in San Marcos. Yeah, I, I just, you know, just second what Gabe said. And I mean, Rudy and Danielle, they're just, they have a great, um, they have the, the hobby shops just absolutely fantastic. They, yep. it's, it's not just the stuff that they have, which is like Gabe's, it's just awesome. It's, but they're just such great people, you know, and, yeah. and that's, I just wish them all the best. I mean, I'll drive all the way from Corpus just to see them because I think we're going back home. Uh, for Thanksgiving, I will go to Lionheart. <laughs> I'll I'll do the four hour drive. Well, just I'll meet to you there. there. You know, yeah, absolutely. I'll meet you there. Yeah, that, just, there's some gig geeks rule anyway. I have to adhere. Yeah, to, something so. like that. Something yeah, like something that. Like but that. <laughs> again, you know, and Scott said it. I said it. But just amazing people. Uh, both Rudy and Danielle. Just they're just amazing, uh, wonderful people to uh, to uh, even just go spend a little time with and visit with. In addition Good to that, stuff. they've Good got to an hear, awesome man. coffee shop. So. Oh God! I wish we had a nice shop around here. We could just go, just hang out in, like you say. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've got you know, the, I mean, Star Hobby is. I was there the other day, and their kit selection was actually okay. They seemed like he he got in a bunch of Hasegawa kits, so he had like Hornets. Uh, he had uh, uh, D, uh, you know, an F eighteen D. He had the E. He had a two seater. He had some uh, some cool trumpeter stuff some good um hasegawa stuff i mean it's good to me a selection yeah i mean it's uh, not huge but the best i had seen Again, unfortunately you know, i had all the new stuff that he had but it was it was decent yeah a shop doesn't have to be huge to, nope. to pack a punch and man. he had he had a really good supply selection you know i mean he's got all the new uh, lp line from tamiya um, all the other, you know, standard acrylic Tamiya paints, you know, all the spray cans, lots of lots of glues and tapes and putties and stuff like that. So, you know, while it's not Kings or um, or uh, Lionheart, or it's still an awesome shop. And uh, if you're in the in the neighborhood in Annapolis, just go swing by and say hi. Yeah, nice. All right, um, I'm gonna roll into our tool and tip of the bi week. Because we've been told we don't do this weekly, so it has can't be a tool and tip of the week anymore. At any rate, um, mine comes from me to came to me because of kind of because of our guest, of course. Yeah, use your resources, i.e., your modeling friends, forums, etc., to get gouge on a build. 
Uh, the idea came to me uh, as we sit and talk with Gabe, and I'm, I was in the middle of building my house, starting into my Hasegawa A4 project, and the kit has its own quirks and items to overcome. And I know Gabe was, has built a few of these, and he's a, a great, again, great repository of information when it comes to building kits. Um, so, boom, right away I hit him up with some gouge, you know, and uh, I think Justin is putting together an actual sheet of information. Oh, to uh, keep it all compiled and uh, as a go-to, pin that to our page or something like that, you know, for us to, because uh, <laughs> God knows we're going to build more A4s in the future. Uh, but that would be my tip for the week: is use your resources, folks. Uh, you got a guy who's built a kit. Um, you know these ha- these Mang F18s uh, are hugely popular right now, and um, you know a few several people are, are in the midst of building these things. And probably several more down the road as, uh, you know, the popularity of the Top Gun movie and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that kick definitely has some quirks to it to overcome. And, you know, so if you've got a, a modeling buddy in the club that's built one, hit them up. It just, it, it, the idea is it, it goes to making your build experience more, quote, fun in the end. <laughs> all right. Um, so there you go for that. Tool and tip of the week. Mail call. Okay, folks, let's talk mail. The yeah, the mailbag was pretty light this week, but the previous recording, we we had some mail that uh, Frildo answered back to you folks, um, but due to time constraints, we uh, omitted them from our last recording. So, but I'm going to touch on them here. Um, and a perfect segue is uh, Steve Matheny out in Medford, Oregon. He's in the middle of building the uh, Meng F18 right now. He says, "Quote: I'm knee deep in the Hobby Boss Growler." So. Same, same with Gabe. He's never built an F-18 before and have heard of the horror stories about fit issues around the nose and in the back end. Uh, but he's saying the kid is a dream so far, so good on you. I'm working on, uh, he says he's working on the, the lower section, getting it together. Um, he kind of, he, he, he strayed off the path when it came to the instruction sheet. And uh, so again, probably looking down the road ahead and, uh, you know, made the build easier for himself. So good on you there, Steve. And he shared some photos of it on our, um, in the email. And I'd encourage you, uh, Steve, to go ahead and post those on our Facebook page under the community section, post them on up there. Things looking really good, man. Thanks for writing in Tim Calhoun down in Greensboro, North Carolina. He says, I'm a retired US Air Force F-16 crew chief. I would like, I wish I could have talked to Burt Kinsey and Rock Rosak because I would like to know if they ever intend to release another book on the F-16. So, guys, if you're out there listening, he says, the only one I know of is the previous detail and scale that covers the F-16 A and B. Excellent books, but pretty old now. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe in the future they'll jump on a future F-16. Didn't they mention that in the interview, to be honest with you? Didn't, weren't they I touching think, on I that? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so stand by on that. Uh Tim, you'll probably see one coming coming out here from them folks pretty soon. Okay, next from, uh, let's see, from the Netherlands, a uh, Mr. Chris De Winter. He's written in to us. He says, uh, been listening to all the episodes since like three months ago, while in the meantime working on an F- F-14D. And uh, you guys, if I'm correct, we he's ta- he talks about how we all served in the military and have built models prior to joining. He he is signed up for the uh, Netherlands Royal Netherlands Air Force. He's currently going through all the testing for that. 
but he's wondering if and how you guys modeled while in the military. And we've touched on that before. You know, you you take it where you can, uh, but for the most part, uh, deploying very little model building going on. Um, of course, boot camp things like that. You're not building any models, so you'll take a bit of a hiatus. But stay in touch with the hobby by listening to the various podcasts. Um, but as far as building goes, you know, it, while you're going through the training and things like that, you'll be busy. Uh, you won't have a whole lot of downtime to be dedicating to your modeling craft. Man, I barely had time to take a <laughs> when I was in flight school. Much oh, less build a model, man. And wipe twice. Oh, man. It <laughs> was, I, I, I slept a little. I ate a little. Drank, well, I drank more than probably, you know, than I slept or I ate. But all I did was study. That's all yeah. I did. It was, it was, well, yep. it was a lot. Let, let, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to assume he's, he's a younger fella and he's going to get in there. He's going to, yeah. next thing you know, he's going to don that uniform. And, uh, like you said, the, uh, little bit of the nightlife and the ladies are going to see uniforms and other things. It, it just, you know, models the just seems to <laughs> slide off, man, for some reason. But it comes back Gabe, though. Gabe was, uh, I mean, that's how Gabe and I met was that he he had Gabe's the master of the whole work life balance you know we should all strive to be able to to you know achieve what Gabe has when it comes to the work life balance because I, that's how I met Gabe we met at leisure time and we've yeah. been really close ever since i mean just from the word go it was so he's going through primary but he still had time to work on models i used to go to his house in kingsville all the time and we'd work on models and it was just, I was so jealous when I was in flight school. I'm like, how the f- did he do that? <laughs> I don't have a life at all. I'm like, I want to work on models. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh. Nope. I never I did. I don't know. I, I think it was, it was kind of my, my release, my escape, you know, when you, when you had to blow off, you know, you need a stress reliever. And somehow I managed to, to work it in there. But uh, who knows what I, I think mostly what I gave up in order to be able to do that was probably sleep. So, all right. Well, Chris, he's heading into the Air Force as a uh, air combat controller, and eventually wants to work uh, on board the AWACS, the uh, as a uh, crewman on board those things. So, good luck to you, Chris. Uh, we wish you the best, and uh, keep on modeling when and where you can. And lastly, uh, Frederick Davidson. He's writing in from uh, wonderful Scandinavia. He's a Norwegian, Norwegian living in Sweden and working in Denmark. Just wanted to, he says, you just wanted to drop you an email and give big thanks for the podcast thus far. He's returned to the hobby for the last year, and you and the other podcasts you promote have been a massive help with getting back into the techniques, quirks, and news of the hobby. He's recently started testing the technique you discussed regarding the jet exhaust, so and has and that has been extremely helpful both as a recipe to follow and as a baseline to further experiment on. He's super excited to hear that I'm going to, that me, Whitey, he's mentioned me in the thing, is going to do a Norwegian F-16 using Kinetic's new kit. He spent a lot of time on those planes working in the Norwegian Air Force and is looking forward to building one himself. Awesome. Good luck to you, man. And uh, he says, now now we just need Kinetic to do a P3 mold with Norwegian markings. Can't second that enough there, brother. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> would love to see one. All right, Frederick, thanks for writing in, brother. All right, a light mailbag this week, which is uh, A-OK. We had a short week between recordings. Uh, thank you all for writing in or dropping us a line on the face on the Facebook page. 
If you have a question, a show idea, or just want to say you're tuning in, feel free to toss us a message at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com. Or go ahead and uh, post away on our Facebook page, message us however you want. Um, And we'll uh, certainly do our best to answer any questions, emails, et cetera. Thank you, guys. Whitey, can I put out there's one more way that the listeners can hit us up, too? Go ahead. Our Instagram page. Instagram. I always forget the Instagram, man. Our Instagram page, man. It's all about pictures. Y'all check us out out there. We have an Instagram page? Yeah, man. See? Cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> listeners can message us there too. Uh, it's it's Model Geeks podcast. That's, they sure uh, can. We, we have a uh, quite a few followers too. Yeah, sweet. So anyway, I just want to put that out there. I am not proficient with Instagram. I swear to God, man. I I try to put posts on there, and I wind up jacking stuff up left and right. Uh, Frildo, are you decent with it or what, man? Do you use it? I'm like you, man. I'm, yeah. <laughs> all right. We need a teenager who can do this stuff and like know. Yeah. You know, when my daughter lived here. Things. I used to hit her up for stuff like that. I'd be like, "Come here, show me." You know, so that I'm not posting it on my personal page and on the Bottle Geeks page. You know. Well, Phil, you got a, you got one of those running around the house, man. What the hell? Yeah, you know what? She's 16, and she could probably yeah, she's always on that shit. There you go. Tool and tip of the week: use your resources. <laughs> that's right. Make that's her right. the Instagram coordinator. There you go. That's that's cheap free labor too, and yeah. that's what we need. I bet she'd be down for it too. She probably would. You really should ask her. All right, I will. It'd be a great help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh. Hey, man, let's, uh, I guess, roll right into our main topic, um, which is a conversation with our own Gabe Rage Pincelli. He's been sitting here behind the mic all night with us anyway, uh, but we didn't really get into any formal introductions and um, and his story. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. Let's bring Rage front and center. Rage. Modeler, pilot, all-around good guy, Rage Pincelli. You know what? Well, I look at Rage too. I can hey, hey, I can hey. see some some metalhead uh, music coming into Rage. Just, there you uh, there we won't ask you where you got the call uh, sign from. Not, if you want to, not, not as bad as uh, oh. as far as metalhead music. Not as bad as Scott yeah. goes. That's oh, obviously yeah. Scott just perked up there. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody mention metalhead music? <laughs> Scott Gentry, you feeling me, buddy? <laughs> yeah, right. He's a fellow metalhead. Yeah, we 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 know all the weird names. You know, nice. some of the crazy death metal stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> well, I think we need to start off with where rage came from because inquiring minds want to know. Oh, the rage, the call sign. Actually, it was, uh, it's funny. I was, uh, I was pretty much, uh, the quietest, mellowest guy at my squadron and they were, uh, they're making fun of me, started calling me rage and, uh, <laughs> it really, really pissed me off, which made it stick even more. Not, not, uh. Uh, you know, I didn't realize at the time how cool of a call sign I was getting because I was so pissed off. But uh, <laughs> but either way, you know, in the, in the end, it ended up being a real cool call sign uh, as little as I liked it at first. And uh, even better when I was a flight instructor uh, watching those poor flight students come in. Uh, you know, they look at the flight schedule, see who they're going to fly with on their next flight. And they see that it's going to be with a guy whose call sign is Rage. <laughs> those, those, those poor guys. But they, and, then you know, they they, meet, and then they meet you. And, and then, then they're they like. Me. Holy shit! This is. Oh, can I just fly with you all the time? <laughs> yeah, I'll admit I'm, I'm probably I'm pretty mellow in the cockpit. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was it. It was just uh, 
making fun of me, making fun of me. And I hated it uh, for a while. And, uh, but it stuck. So that's where rage came from. Well, you know, I don't know. Anybody just goes, yeah, man, I love my call sign. I, I, I mine was, I was just like, Oh my God, really? <sighs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you and you I know, both have had a couple winners before the current. Yes. Ones, so. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but then towards the end, I was just like, eh, it's so it could be worse. Just keep yeah. swimming. Just keep swimming. Just but <laughs> but but so you had more than that, Nemo. Yeah, well, I had one. I had one other that didn't stick at all. It stuck for like the when we did our hawker, where you stand up, you're the new guy, and they're like. They're just throwing out call signs. It's typically something stupid that you did or dumb or whatever. And I had just wrecked my motorcycle. And um, so, you know, my arm was like in a sling or something. <laughs> and I'd have like seven. They're like, how many motorcycle wrecks have you been? And I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to have this conversation. And they're like, you must really suck at riding a <laughs> motorcycle. I'm like, I guess so. And so somebody yells out from the back, you know, short bus, he's got to take the short bus. And so, <laughs> So they, they tried to call me short bus for about 30 minutes and they just ended up always calling me Samo. And then, you know, when I was, you know, um, with the air force, um, working on my masters, I, they mispronounced my last name. They said Shamu. Oh, and somebody laughed like a Southwest airlines jet, like, like the whale, like Shamu, the killer whale. And I was like, no, it's Samo. And somebody said, oh, you mean Nemo? And I'm like, oh my God, no. It's like, no, it's Samo. And they're like, oh no, it's Nemo. And so I came in to, you know, work the next day and there was a little stuffed Nemo sitting on there my desk. Go. And that there was it. I was, nobody ever called me Scott and, or Samo again. That and, one stuck. And, and Whitey's was real original. But or were they going with like Whitey Bulger on that one? I don't know what the accent No, that's been. just. You know, just it's like if your name is Smith, you're gonna be Smitty. So it's just original. That's a P3 thing, then, right? I don't know. No, they called me Whitey back in the neighborhood when I was a kid. Man. Oh, did it? Shit, because yeah. I was gonna segue over to Frill about, about high school time. It started anyway. Yeah, Frill so. Yeah, that's how it started for me too. Yeah, and I didn't say anything. And then when I started flying, they were like Frildo, the dildo. Yeah, ah. there you go. <laughs> like Frildo Baggins, right? And it, in high school, uh, it came from Lord of the Rings, which is funny because I never watched the first Lord of the Rings until I was in the Navy. Yeah. And uh, so they called me. And that's where it came from. Yeah. I'll never I'll never forget the day I got my call signed. It stuck forever. It's called it, it, It's Chief. But I digress. So, so let's move on, uh, <laughs> Gabe. Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. move on. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Gabe, tell us, so I, I think, um, you know, you and I, again, like we've talked about here on the show, like, you know, you and I have, have been friends for a long, long time, which is, it's just unreal when you have friends like this, the, 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 the part that just drives me the, the most crazy is that we just don't get to see each other that, yeah. you know, you live half the country away, you're busy, we're busy and we get to see each other probably what do we average in maybe once every five, 10 years, something like yeah. that. We might catch up real quick. Not um, nearly enough. Not, not nearly enough, you know? Um, and, but it, you know, I could sit here and I'm not going to, not to get all sappy, but I mean, you're like a brother, you know? And, and we have been through, well, I mean, I, you've, you've known me 
most of my life and, and you helped me get in the Navy and you've helped me become a better modeler and a better person. And I know your fan, I know your kids because I remember when they were born and known Amy and her, her family. And it's just, uh, that's why the model geeks and this group, that's why, that's why it's so amazing is because it's not, it's very genuine. And yeah, sometimes we, we may not agree, but we're, that's okay. And, um, I don't know. You're just, um, again, just not to get all sappy, but you're just a great, uh, influence in my life. And it's awesome to have you on the show. And I can't wait to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> I love you, man. I, <laughs> I love, love you, you too, man. Anyway, uh, so enough about that crap. <laughs> all right. So, um, let's, let's start with, uh, just like, um, how did you, we always kind of talk our first, let's even go before the Navy. Let's start with what, what influenced you and how did you first start getting interested in models when you're, well, when, how did it all begin? Well, uh, trying to think back to my earliest memories of it, of it all. And I guess it started with just being fascinated with airplanes at a very young age. I, I, I was probably four or five years old and we used to, uh, my grandfather used to travel a lot for work. You know, and uh, we would go to the airport <clears throat> to pick them up. And of course, that's back in the day in the in the early to mid 70s when, you know, you could go all the way to the gate when you pick someone yep. up at the airport. And he would always, always arrange with the uh, with the crew when he was coming off the airliner to to be able to bring me back on so I could go sit in the cockpit and look at the inside of the airplane. And so it started with that. I was just fascinated with airplanes to start out with. And then right around that time, I can tell you that I think it was the first model my dad ever built with me, I think, but at least it's the first one that I have a memory of. And that was the old, uh, Ravel. In fact, I saw someone online building one to right now on Facebook, but the old Ravel 72nd scale, a five vigilante. And, uh, I remember that airplane. I remember that, that model. And I remember my dad building it you know, with slash for me. And, uh, you know, you want the wheels up or down? I said down, you know, and then, you know, the next day I said, dad, can you take the wheels off? I'm sure he takes them <laughs> off. No, the next day, dad, can you put the wheels back on? And he said, no, you know, <laughs> I had to break them off. So, you know, either you gotta have them on or off. So, uh, but I remember running around the backyard with that model and, that, and that's where I got the bug, I think. And then I think the earliest memory I have of actually building one myself Again, 72nd scale, but the old Hasegawa Minicraft Boxing Blue Angel A4, uh, the one that came with both fuselages, so you could build either the uh, T- the TA4 or the A4F. And I remember that. And that was probably around 1977. And then I just started, you know, building models from then. And uh, just uh, it, the, it, the, uh, the, just the obsession, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. My wife will tell you the obsession with them started and it never went away and uh, got i was fortunate to work in a hobby shop in high school and college and uh and of course uh, that was in san diego uh, by that point in my life and uh you know near miramar so had a lot of exposure to naval aviation and uh so needless to say the majority of my modeling subjects were uh, navy jets uh all 48 scale by the time i was in high school and um, even worked for a guy who was a former phantom uh, driver, Vietnam Phantom driver. So, uh, uh, he helped motivate me to, uh, you know, kind of 
follow the path that I chose to follow. So that's awesome, man. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's such a similar story that we all have told, you know, and, and I think that's again, what makes it just makes us all so tight. Cause we can all relate, you know? So when did, so, so that's the model part. And then what was the spark? When, when did you know that you wanted to go into the Navy and, and fly in the Navy? How, well, how knew, did that? I knew yeah. uh, probably from the start, probably at the same time I knew I wanted to fly as a young, as a little young little guy. Of course, the, the next trick is, is uh, you know, figuring out what path you need to take. And uh, I was fortunate uh, that uh, the, the guy that owned the hobby shop when I started working there in high school, <clears throat> you know, he'd been a, a, a phantom driver in Vietnam. And at the time he uh, flew for Delta Airlines. And he was fairly senior captain with Delta by that point in time. And uh, he and another guy who worked at the shop, who was also a retired Navy guy, a retired Intel officer, they kind of pointed me in the right direction. They said, hey, this is what you need to do if, if that's what you want to do. And they encouraged me and to uh, actually work on getting into ROTC and, and uh, including letters of recommendation and all those things and kind of pointed me in the right direction, gave me a little rudder and... Uh, and uh, at least gave me a little bit uh, of the knowledge I needed of what I needed to do to uh, pursue that path. And it all kind of worked out from there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of what you did. If it, it, cause I, I, I firmly believe it. it hadn't been for you and Jerry, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have been yeah. successful because there were so many things along the way that you, you have to know what you need to be doing and you have to have somebody that can <clears> guide you um, very rarely does somebody just kind of go, nah, I guess I'll, maybe I'll go fly for the Navy. Right. I mean, it's just too competitive. And so you guys had said, and the recruiter had said, okay, you need to do, you need to do all of these things. And looking back, I, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how yeah. I, you know, I just don't know how I was able to do it, but you know, it was, um, it's just, it's really cool to, to hear you talk about how it all begins, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It, and I, I also couldn't tell you, you know, it's you funny. You look back on it and how did I do that? And, and honestly, I couldn't tell you exactly how I did it either. And, and, and the, the process, I, I think they make it difficult to find your way through that process on purpose. Uh, yep. uh, and, uh, and unless you have a mentor or someone to keep, give you guidance, there's a good chance you would, you won't make it through that process. And I, and maybe that's on purpose. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how it really happened. You know, the little details. <laughs> Somehow, I just showed up at the right place at the right time and jumped through the right wickets, and uh, and uh, was blessed that uh, I was able to do what I got to do. Yeah, man. Well, and in, in in case I forgot to tell you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank thanks. You, thanks for hooking me up, man. I tell you what. <laughs> well, I you know uh, I, I'm happy it uh, it worked out for you as after we met there, but I'll, I'll tell you what, that, uh, it, uh, you know, as you have said, you know, flight school was one of the most stressful times of your life. And, uh, to be honest with you, it was, uh, awesome. Um, uh, finding someone I had something in common with like you, uh, uh, with, with the hobby to, uh, to help keep my sanity at the times when you, you might not feel like you're, you're quite going to make it through the next step, you know? So, so you guys were at in Pensacola at the same time. We no, were we were in, in Corpus. Corpus. Oh, okay. So, so you. So I was to, just uh, a young training down there. 
Yeah, Scott I was, was a little snot-nosed college kid and I yeah. was in flight school. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And I met Gabe like in pretty pretty quick when he when he was in primary. So we hung out immediately. I would cuz I mean I still lived at home. Yeah. And yep. and so Gabe had an apartment so you know we would go over and we'd hang out and and we'd go to the hobby shop together and he'd take me into the base all the time and oh, awesome. help you know plant the seed and always I mean he'd let me he he I'm there several times where he would ask the sim instructors if I could come in and and sit and watch the simulator. Oh, that's events. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, so I mean, that's, that's just knowledge, man. That That's good stuff, man. It's just unreal. And then, yeah. you know, going through, I mean, my career path was very weird and Gabe was there to help support me going through. I mean, you know, I, I it, it was a roller coaster ride for me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to, sorry. I, I, I don't want to, this is about Gabe. It's not about me. So I'm going to shut right, up. Right, but, right, right. But right. All, all I can say is that I, I would not be where I am today, probably a, no, probably I would not be where I am today as a naval aviator and a modeler if it wasn't for Gabe. I mean, so, it's just, it's just, it's just that simple. So, because so not to, yep. not to change course of the the conversation, but is this the uh, same time as the the when when you guys met Mark Shackner and all that stuff? Same same time period, or was that separate? So, Scott, you uh, you met Mark uh, when you were in flight school, right? I, I, yeah, I, I think I was, well, I knew Mark when he was going through primary because oh. that, that's, that's how I met him. Um, and, but then that's the crazy part is Mark was one of my instructors when I was at VT 22. So it's yep. just such a small world, you know? It is. Yeah. Um, but you know, but you know, like I said, I think it was about the same time frame. you know, when I met Mark and I met Gabe and met Justin so there's there's my influence right there. You want to if you want to ask me why I build, why I, how I build and why it's it's those guys right there, man. Well, That's let's the, let's so. let's change course for just a second. You you talk about the small world, right? And yep. Yep. I, I want to go back to the whole military and the brotherhood is it I mean mm-hmm. and, and what a small world it is. We we just went back to the late 80s early the the late 80s, man. Well, I might have right. Well, I know that Gabe and I pat because I I went to those hobby shops all the time. There, there's yeah, no way amazing. we didn't cross cross paths. We may not have known each other, but it's just a very small world. It's uh, it's crazy. Know, it's you it's, know, it's both, really really cool. Both the military and the uh, and the hobby make it a yeah. small world, and you bring both Absolutely. both aspects in, and it's it's insane how small you know the old six degrees of separation thing. Yeah, I think we're like we're like five degrees right now. Yeah. It's way cool. Or less. Actually, two. Maybe two. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So It's awesome, man. It's cool to hear the, just again, to hear the background and the story <clears throat> and how y'all, how y'all got started. So it's, it's awesome yeah. to have you on. I've, been, yep. I've had airplanes on the brain since I was barely old enough to walk. And, uh, and uh, I still run outside to see what kind of airplane flies over the house <laughs> when I hear something. So. I do the same. <laughs> You know, it's yeah, just, I think uh, that's definitely all of us, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a sickness. I don't, you know, but I love it. You know, yeah, yeah I think Could we all worse. do. Yeah, man. I and Whitey, I'm sorry. I'm like for, totally bogarting your freaking uh, your episode, so I'm going to shut up and let you um, no, you're host not. away. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine, man. I mean, like say, um, so let's talk. Okay, 
let's talk your flying career then. Uh, you know, you, okay. we've alluded to you know you started out in in F 18s and uh, yeah, with with who, what squadron, what coast, all that kind of stuff, man. So uh, I've had a uh, much for different reasons, but uh, much like Nemo, I've had a very non standard career path as a naval aviator. But uh, yeah, so out of flight school, I uh, got F 18s and uh, and went out to Lemoore. And, uh, I was a Lemoron and, uh, flew Hornets out of Lemoore for, uh, four years, uh, went through uh, VFA 125 for the rag and, uh, then went to uh, VFA 97, the Warhawks. We were the uh, last, uh, active duty Navy squadron to fly F-18 A's. Uh, later on, a couple squadrons got A pluses, but at the time the A plus was not a thing. So we were the last true F-18 A squadron in the Navy. Um, which was interesting in and of itself. Uh, I flew a, a, a through D in the rag, but then uh, it was an A squadron. We occasionally borrowed a uh, a two seater, either a B or a D, if we needed them uh, from the rag, or uh, and then occasionally would fly Charlies from the sister squadrons uh, for various reasons. Usually because our airplanes were all broken, but uh, <laughs> predominantly flew Alpha models for my uh, three years there at BFA ninety seven. Uh, went from there. Uh, to uh, Kingsville to be a flight instructor um, in the T-45. Did that for about two years till I hurt myself, broke, didn't break my back. I herniated two discs uh, doing uh, ACM in the T-45. And then, uh, so then I transitioned into the, uh, the E-6 Mercury, the uh, Tacmo. There you go, Whitey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Talk uh, about a small world, you know. We, yeah. And, and I know we've got a lot of we, mutual friends. We know a lot of the same people. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I did that cause I had to get out of ejection seats for a little while. And, uh, so flew the E6 for about four years, got healed up. And then I went back to the T45. My, uh, my Hornet days are over, but, uh, uh, was able to go back to the T45 as an instructor again and, uh, spent pretty much the remainder of my Navy career as a T45 instructor, either, uh, in one of the squadrons or at the wing with just a short time overseas, uh, non-flying just one year. So, uh. I've got more more time in the T forty five than anything as far as Navy airplanes go, but uh, yeah, operationally I flew the Hornet and the uh, the E six. Good stuff, yeah. Um, e six time. I I had a ball when I was with those things, and uh, you know, look, looking back on that, I always thought all that sitting around the alert. Why I didn't have a brought model kits with me, I don't understand. Or why, like you know, you you could have set up a whole hobby area out there like you know that those alert facilities are huge and they have yeah you got a game room over there or whatever like that but no one ever even played any games you might be whacking the ping pong balls and shooting pool but you know looking back i'm like why the hell didn't i ever bring a model kit with me whenever i was out there sitting around i actually but anyway times uh i think i remember back when the uh the Ravel super hornet kit first came out i remember having one of those on the road with me and then also the uh hasagawa harrier kit i but you know, it was, you know, your typical travel kit. You know, I did nothing more than yeah. parts. Yeah, clean up parts, and uh, that's about it. A glue glue, glue ordinance together. Yep. Um, yep. So you, you wrap up the Navy, but you continue flying. Uh, t- pretty much taking us up to the present day. What what, you, what have you been doing in that regard? Yeah, so for uh, for 10 years now, I've uh, been personal pilot for a, a gentleman. Um, when I was uh, first getting out of the Navy, the... Um, the airlines weren't hiring at the time. So, uh, I was, uh, you know, lucky to get any flying job at the, at the time. And 
just via a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, heard that the guy was looking for somebody to fly his King air for him. And, um, said, Hey, I'll take any flying job at this point. Um, and, uh, took the job pretty much figuring I would do it until the airlines started picking up, but, uh, ended up, uh, just loving the family that I work for. And, uh, and, the, uh, the schedule, not necessarily the schedule, just the, uh, the, the way they treat me, they treat me like a member of their own family. And so, uh, for 10 years now, I've been flying a King air for this, uh, for one person. Oh man, that's fantastic. So, yeah. That, that, that sounds like a rare gig right there. Very rare. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. Um, Frodo, you got something, man? Yeah, I think it was just yesterday I saw an article where FedEx dropped the requirement for pilots to have a four-year degree. Yeah. And they're looking to hire 70 pilots a month if you yeah. want to fly trash haulers. Well, that's that's pretty, uh, honestly, that's pretty typical across the board for all the major airlines now. Uh, not, not that, uh, uh, you know, airline hiring is probably you know, the main focus of, uh, of what we're here on this podcast for, but, uh, but yeah, that's pretty typical across the board. The, uh, I can't remember the numbers. I mean, United American, all of them are, are just the, the number of pilots they're going to have to hire, uh, per year over the next 10 to 15 years. is just insane. Um, so it's a good, it's a good time to be a pilot looking for a job. It really is. Oh yeah. Especially if you fly P eights because yeah. P three, those guys transitioned to P8s, those JOs, man, they were just like, bring it on. Let me get my typewriter. Oh, yeah, and buddy. Roll out of the Navy. Hey, Southwest, here I am. So I got five yeah. or six guys I used to fly with that are, uh, they all fly for like Southwest or United Airlines now. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, th- th- those guys won't have any trouble finding a job when they get out. So nope. that's crazy. Okay. So we talked about uh, how you got into modeling and, and we pretty much, yeah, we all know the subjects you like to build in naval aviation <laughs> stuff. Uh, 48 scale exclusively or what? Uh, just about. I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's exclusively, but... Uh, I was going to uh, say, we had I that, guess this is, that discussion earlier. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. you guys... Of course, you guys all know what I mostly focus on, but I guess uh, the folks down out there in uh, podcast land might not. So, yeah, mostly 48... Almost exclusively 48-scale aircraft, and I'd say uh, I lean heavily towards the somewhat modern jet I mean, I always say modern jets I say Vietnam and later mostly but uh, I throw in an occasional World War II airplane in there uh, still 48 scale yep so yeah I've got yeah. Uh, these guys will tell you I've got uh, you know certain obsessions one is the A4 Skyhawk the other is the uh, the Spitfire uh, the BAE Hawk also I uh, probably have built multiples of those and uh, and I do dabble in a 144 scale airliners a bit and um, a few other things. I've got some armor kits on the shelf that I've yet to build. But yeah, mostly forty-eight scale airplanes. No, no automobiles, no race cars. No. Well, funny. Come on, unless it's like an Indy car or a right. Formula One or you know. Well, that's yeah. what I do too. Uh, that's what. Let me see I if ask. I can reach this uh, airplane yeah. with wings. That, that's right. Car with the car with yeah. wings. My my uh, my. Uh, my uh, my car obsession is more. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, but God, man, that's the Tamiya kit. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to build it with the light as the pace car. It's going to be. Man, it's those things be, are uh, money. My best friend in high school had a Toyota Supra, just like that. So uh, that's that's uh, what uh, what I'm, you know, what I'm going to build it like. And uh, the other one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, you know, you know what? Wait, hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. So so Samo just showed yeah. up the uh, Porsche. What what is that? The 
Is that a nine four? What is that, Scott? It's a nine eleven. Nine eleven. And it's a, it's a nine eleven turbo. I can't I can't reach it on the shelf, but I've got that exact <laughs> same kit on the shelf on the other side of the room right here. Cool. That to me, of That's course, awesome. I got a. Uh, <laughs> Actually, behind me, over on the other side, I can't reach it from here without. Yeah. Uh, but I've also got the uh, the old Hasegawa uh, 240Z kit. Dotson oh, 240Z. Oh, cool, man. So, yeah, so I've got some car kits. I haven't built one yet, but I got some. Yeah. I got one. <laughs> so also, uh, you know, along with just building kits, you know, we all know we've seen your work. You're a hell of a scratch builder. Um, I recall the uh, the H60 you were working on here a little while back. Did you ever finish that one yet? What was it? A, 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 a 60? Was that a Romeo you were doing? It's a with Foxtrot. Foxtrot with all the ASW gear in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's that? 35 scale, 135 yep. scale. Yeah, yeah the that, Kitty Hawk. Know, incredible work. So you're a heck of a scratch builder. And, so, and th- that has led you into doing a little bit of um, work for the aftermarket folks as well yeah so uh, of course and, and and most of the most of the uh, aftermarket stuff i've done um i i the the whole the whole purpose behind it, i didn't i didn't take on any of those projects with the intent of making aftermarket um most of it started out with uh stuff i scratch built and i thought well heck you know i'd I, I want multiples of this and it would suck to scratch build it more than once. So, you know, I reached out to, uh, to, uh, various folks at the time who were doing the aftermarket and I said, Hey, you know, Hey, I want to make this thing. Um, you interested in, you know, putting it in your line, you know? So to me, it was a, it was a means to an end that, uh, you know, something I wanted multiple copies of. Um, and at the time I was not, uh, I didn't have the equipment or the knowledge to do my own casting. So, uh, you know, it was way to, way to get extra copies of stuff I wanted multiple copies of. So I think the very earliest thing I scratch built, uh, that got ended up in a, uh, in an aftermarket set was for uh, Jeff, uh, verse Bible, uh, back it was black box, but before it was black box, I thought it was something else, but either way I did, uh, uh I converted the, uh, the tails for the, uh, 32nd scale, uh, Academy F 18 C into a tails. And, uh, he put those in a set as an a conversion for that, that kit. And I also did some, uh, 32nd scale, uh, Skyhawk seats for, uh, for the, uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, cockpit sets, the 32nd scale Skyhawk cockpit sets that Jeff did. So, I yeah, that, and that seat is that uh, that's the seat that I used for the thirty second scale Hasco A four that I did the adversary bird and holy crap, that seat is just a gem, man. It is yep. the the seat cushions and the just all the deep man. It is, but there's yeah. uh, those are so hard to find. Those Very seats find, are man. so hard to find. <laughs> I've got a couple sets that you know. And of course, I've never used one. I you know I I, I did those and I got got a. a and I wish I would have insisted on more copies uh, of those sets when I got them, but I think I've just got one of each set. And um, uh, but I have copies, so uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to cast my own uh, resin copies for my own. Yeah, use. exactly. Make some make some molds, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, Gabe. So let, let, let's talk about the scratch building part of that. How, uh-huh. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! How how do you go about <laughs> building a thirty second scale? I mean, just. 
I mean, are you flying off the cuff here? I mean, how in the that hell? Shit's perfect, do, too, man. I, I know. So, how in the hell do you take, you know, styrene and take Skills. a lot of styrene? It's like chewing up bubble gum and spitting out a freaking rose, man. How <laughs> the hell do you do that? No, I tell you what, you know, uh, who was it? Chris from Co- the, the guy that, that uh, used to own Cobra Company. He said it, he put it best one time. I was talking to him uh, at a Nats. And uh, he was trying to talk me into doing something. And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know where I'd even start. And he goes, just start with a piece of plastic and start carving <laughs> until you get what you want. I said, well, I guess that's, it's really that simple. And it, it really, it is. It's just, uh, and, and perhaps the, uh, the most important, the first most important ingredient is simply the patience to see it through. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you worked on that, like on your, on the 60, you built the, I mean, you scratch belt that entire back end with mm-hmm. the ALFs, the, the, the reeling machine, the actual ALFs itself. I, know, all right? the, I mean, and it's not like, it's like, cause you see most scratch built stuff. You're like, uh, okay, good, good on him for scratch building. But it looked like hammered dog crap. Yours is like, it was made that way. Yeah. Like came out of a plastic mold well, from a so- kit. So yeah. that's kind of where I was going with it. You're, you're not using you're not using any Fusion 360 or any nope. of that bullshit. I mean, you're you're doing this by eye. Yeah. I mean, let's take a Lots bar of, of soap and make a sculpture of a face, right? Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of how in the hell. There's a lot of uh, you know. You t- we talked earlier. We alluded to planning your build. Yeah. You know, going in and planning your build, and there's a lot of that. I mean, I can't tell you how many. So, for instance, just that helicopter uh, interior how much time I probably spent uh, looking at photos and then just putting the fuselage and the, 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 just the cabin walls and floor and ceiling inside that thing and trying to visualize uh, how things ought to sit in there based on the limited number of photos I could find, you know, you're just trying to say, well, that, you know, where does that go and relate, you know, where's one thing go in relation to the other. And there's a lot of trial and error, you know, you, you there's probably, you know, 10, uh, parts that are wrong, the wrong size or in the wrong place before you find the right, the right thing that you're trying to achieve. And then once you, once you get, you know, you work from big to small and, and, uh, try to get things where they ought to be. And, and slowly just pieces of the puzzle fall together. But a lot of it is a lot of planning and, and studying and, and, uh, trying to visualize things in three dimensions and, uh, but not again, it's it's about having the patience to 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 uh, to, uh, to to not not get in a rush and just try to make it. Don't force it to work, you know. Let it talk to you. Like uh, I think Justin mentioned, uh, you know, about uh, the the concept of, you know, uh, if you're not quite sure where to go next on the model, just set it aside. And uh, you know, some people say let it let it speak to you, or at the very least, you know, sleep on it. So uh, yeah. You know, because none of none of the materials or the skills that I used on scratch building any of the stuff is anything super complicated. It's just little tiny pieces of styrene that, uh, you know, you cut to the right size and shape and slowly you build them up and you stick pieces together till you get what you want. So but but that's what I what I see with your work, though, is that I mean, that there's an eye that you have. There's an eye that you have and a and a sense of being able to visualize what you want the piece to look like and being able to look at a picture 
and then transfer that into a 3D piece of plastic is harder than anything I've had to do with modeling. Cause it just, I can never get it to look, I mean, it looks okay. It just doesn't look like your stuff. It, it it's, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I mean, and I feel like I've got a pretty decent eye for stuff, but your eye for that scratch building and just like the spacing of your rivets and the spacing of your dials and the shape. It's just like, I don't understand how the hell you do it other than yeah. you take your time, you know, but oh, yeah, me, or- I'm just like, yeah. Oh, you wouldn't believe the number of rejects that ended up in the trash can before you before before the one that you actually I actually do allow you to see yeah. happens. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't believe the number of rejects that end up in the in the trash can. So okay, well that makes me, me feel better. Believe me, it's n- none of that. None, not a single one of those pieces you see was the first attempt. They were got it. Okay, all, I feel better. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. You know, I appreciate the the kind words about having an eye for stuff like that. But you know what I what I I personally don't feel like I have an eye for is color, color and shading and painting. Uh, you know, I, I get by with uh, what I, you know, I, I think I got the basics down and I get by with my painting and, and such, but the, you know, uh, where I think I could improve, but something where I look at what you Scott specifically are, are good at it's uh, you've got an eye for color and uh, for capturing subtleties and color and shading and things like that, where, boy, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm just sort of, I'm bumbling through that stage. So I, I scratch build all these parts and then it comes time to paint them. And I'm like, well, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to paint it a base color and I'm going to dry brush it. And I'm going to put a wash on it. and I might shade it, but I'm sort of just, you know, haphazardly getting through that process. So that's why we're all here to help each other. Right. Like when I need scratch building tips, I Gabe, help me out. When I have yeah. to put decals on Whitey, help me out. When, you know, when I've got, you know, color choices, okay, I, I think I can do color stuff, but I'm like, hey, what about this aftermarket part, this or what about frill? What, what, how many, cause he's got like every, he's like you gave, he's just got like, oh, I've got that. I've got this. I've got that. So it's just, everybody can lend something absolutely to, to helping us out and, and build. Yeah, man. You know, I, use your resources. Yep. Use your resources. And, you know, and talk about the scratch building thing. One thing I, I do feel like I would be, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't make sure I mentioned, uh, um, who I really ended up doing the, the majority of the scratch building I've done for aftermarket stuff has ended up being, you know, I, I you know, talk about where it all started, but you know, where it really, uh, blossomed, not, I don't know if I call it blossom, but where it really took off, where I really saw a lot of my stuff get out there was with, uh, Mike Reeves with, uh, you know, it was two mics now phase hanger, uh, which is a little sad for me at this point because I know he's shifting over to the 3d printing thing. So probably won't see nearly as many of my things out there. Uh, well, I was going to ask uh, that, you know, with him and Dave Ruth both going, you know, all those guys going over to 3d printing, how's that going to affect, uh, making your masters and, you know, uh, all that jazz. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there will still be, um, the occasional item that uh, I don't know, might be better done in resin, but it's, as, as 3d printing advances, it's, it's just the way it's going to go, I think. But uh, uh, you know, but you know, in the end, uh, even if I don't end up getting another single thing that I scratch build included in a, in a single other resin kit, you know, set ever again, you know, in the end I've ended up with tr- tremendous friendships 
uh, as a result of that. I mean, Mike Reeves is uh, one of my closest friends now. And uh, as a result of that, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It makes me maybe a little bit sad and a sort of a nostalgic, you know, you know, yearning for the way things used to be. But at the same time, as I see the stuff that's starting to come out, heck, I want some of that stuff. I just, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to do CAD. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn it. I don't know. But, uh, uh, but you know what I want to do, I don't want to spend my time scratch building something on my bench or screwing around on the computer. Uh, I think I might still keep scratch building. I I tell you, man, now I wish I I did no fusion or, you know, CAD as a whole, because that's a license to print money in the hobby right now. It is. It really is. It's amazing. You know, I, and I see the stuff coming out and you know, I, I, the, the finesse that the, the, the tiny, tiny details that these guys are getting, uh, as a result of that process with the latest printers, I can't scratch build to that. You you can download files now and do it right here on an 8k printer that (laughs) no layer lines, no nothing. I mean, the stuff that I see these guys printing at home is just unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, the, uh, the, 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 the how fine a details they can do now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's far beyond how fine I can scratch build. So <laughs> but I think, you know, Gabe and we've all talked about it, but you know, I think we're all seems like we're moving. There was a while there that I was, I was putting a lot of aftermarket um, into a build. And now I basically just put an ejection seat or some seatbelts. And that's about, um, that's about it. So, you know, I think, what's your thoughts on, you know, how your how you've, how your, your building has matured and where are you today what's, versus maybe where you were 10 or 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And, 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 and something that, that honestly has been, been on my mind is on my mind and has been on my mind quite a bit lately. And, uh, you know, sp- so much of, uh, my model building career, career, uh, uh, including and yours too i think you know you as you build skills you learn more and it seems like the uh there's a point or there's a period where it's you start to think the more aftermarket you can incorporate into every single project the better uh in the interest of adding more and more and more detail but i find myself now actually starting to gravitate more towards a more um I don't know what the right word for it would be. Not it should not a basic build, but I'm actually gravitating more towards less aftermarket. I, you know, the yep. less the less is more mentality. Because what yep. I'm finding is, at least at this point in my life, um, uh, I don't want a build to take forever. And 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 in general, um, uh, aftermarket adds to the length of the process of building a model, whatever the subject may be. And, you know, I start to ask myself, you know, is the juice worth, worth, worth the squeeze, you know, uh, you know, what, what's, what's the ultimate objective is, is this something that I want? Is this a subject that I want to have in my display case? Um, and how badly do I want it to be super detailed or is it simply a subject that I want to have in there? Um, and it's not that important for it to be super detailed and, um, and, you know, would I rather finish several well-built models per year or one 
super detailed model every year and a half. And, and at this point in my life, I'm starting to lean more towards the, Hey, let's, let's simplify everything. Let's simplify the builds. Let's keep, let's keep the, the basics solid, uh, and build them well. But the, to me, the objective of adding an incredible amount of detail to everything is, uh, it's, it's not worth it anymore because, uh, the list of things I want to have finished is ever growing and the amount of time I have left <laughs> yeah. to do it is, is rapidly decreasing. So yeah. what's your, how many, how many kits on average throughout, what do you, what do you build per year? What do you finish per year? Um, well, it, you know, it varies wildly because, uh, you know, I think 2020, let's say you go back across the pandemic, 2019, I think I finished two. Uh, 2020, I finished six. Now they weren't start to finish, but I finished yeah. six. Yep. Uh, 2021, thanks to that, that, uh, SH 60, I finished zero. Wow. Uh, I spent the majority of my year scratch building stuff for that. And that's, that, that, that's, that's exactly the point is I spent almost the entire year scratch building an interior for that thing. And I finished nothing. And yeah. that thing, that thing itself was nowhere near finished. So, I put it back in the box and, uh, early in, early in 2022, I pulled a, a shelved project back out and I finished it. Um, you know, and I, I think two to three is probably realistic for me. Um, yep. um, yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, you know, if I can finish two to three a year, I'm, I'm happy. If I can finish more than that, I'll be even happier, but we'll see. So now, <clears throat> excuse me. So now Gabe, so yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about how your your real world knowledge helps folks with like projects that they have. Because I know okay. I've hit you up for a couple of things because yeah. when I was sitting here with the MiG-23 with the squat not being right, you know, you and I were going back and forth about how to tackle, how to correct the gear. Sure. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what's funny is I'd say in, in some cases, my real world knowledge, real world knowledge probably uh hampers my own progress <laughs> with finishing stuff because uh or at least uh i find that it prevents me from finishing models of subjects i have real world experience with you f-18 know, yeah i've i have not i have not built a model of an f-18 since i flew them uh the e6 is the same now the t-45 is one exception uh, but I was, uh, uh, I was involved with, uh, with, uh, Raymond Chung with, uh, helping him develop that, uh, the kinetic T45, which, uh, it was an early kinetic kit. So it's not one of their, uh, most refined, but, uh, but when it came out, I felt like I absolutely needed to finish one of those. So, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I think, um, I think it, it does probably, uh, it, it can be an asset, use it as an asset and, uh, to help others. And in fact, uh, even on Facebook, there was somebody that's trying to, uh, do a, uh, super Hornet, um, weight off wheels. Like it's in flight with a gear hanging extended and he yeah. couldn't figure out how, uh, how all that worked and, you know, why the, the axle wasn't in the correct angle once he, you know, you know, lowered the, the, uh, the lower strut I'm trying to remember the proper terminology. Well, you know, since, I had a little knowledge of that. Well, I was able to kind of point out, well, this is why this is what you got to look at fixing. So, uh, you know, it can help. All right. So Gabe, a, a uh, 
E6B, nowhere in the future, build-wise? You know, boy, I keep I keep hoping that that mythical Minicraft E6 <laughs> kit yeah. will materialize. Um, uh, so I don't know. You know, I, I uh, I've got I've got ideas for taking the uh, the engines off of the uh, Minicraft the DC8 kit because those are those ones are actually accurate for the version that would go on a E6. Yeah. So you wouldn't um, consider a 72 conversion? Maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, cause I've got out there to do that, you know? Yeah. It's got, I've got the, uh, I do have two of the, uh, the Heller, uh, E3 kits. And of course you got the, those, the flight path engines and, and yeah, conversion. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's an idea. Although the, uh, I do know that the wingtip pods are not, that's, that's the part that just, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time getting past is the wingtip pods aren't quite right. So, uh, but it's better than nothing. Again, you know, yeah. you know, it's better than nothing, and, uh, and we'll see. Uh, I have the stuff to do another one, and I'm definitely, uh, you know, because the one I did, I did back in like '98, '99 ish, and uh, you know, we all improve as we go, and you know, I, I look at it and I go, oh, I could do a better one than that. So, yeah, I did. I did. You know, back. Right when I first started flying E6s, I did take one of those kits and I just put it together and I put a hump on top and and the the, the funky wingtip pods that come in that kit uh, that are for an E3, um, I stuck them on and I hung it from my kid's ceiling just because, you know, it pretty yeah. much looked like an E6. And I would like <laughs> to do one. Uh, but, you know, I keep leaning towards 144 scale because I can actually fit it in my display case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what... Um, so. I don't know. Yeah, the Minicraft. Uh, I thought I even saw photos of a box top at one point. We're out there, yeah, floating around. I, yep. You know, so I, I, I don't. I think, I think, and I thought they were going to take some of the same CAD or at least the molding technology that they used on the DC eight to do the engines and a lot of the conversion parts and things. But you know, keep wishing. I think Contrails. I don't even know if they're available. Anymore. Yeah. Con- Contrails had a 144 scale conversion. Conversion, yep. Again, it was rough, but it was a place to start. So I don't know. Maybe someday. I still need to build a Hornet of my from my squadron. (laughs) Jeez, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think I mean challenge accepted. I think um, what we should do is we have until the next year's Nats to get it done. Yeah, I think so that would, would be cool. Yep, was everyone, San Marcus, was everyone in the room when challenge when I challenged Scott to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we turned the record. So, I don't so, know that I was. What was the challenge? To build a, a model of an airplane you've actually flown. Oh, I'm down. Okay. So yep. So uh, or you know you know so because uh, Scott was saying he's never finished a 53 and I've never finished a yep. Hornet because yep. you know and it's the knowledge of the subject it, it slows you down it it, it yeah. hamstrings you. Yeah. So, Scott's uh, never started a 53. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Ouch. right. I haven't. I'm down for that challenge, though. Let's I do got it. like four of them things, man. I need four. To, it's wow. a beautiful kit. Yeah. It is. That, that Academy 53 is just beautiful. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, do it. Yep. I'll, I'll tell you what. I will, okay. I will have an F-18A and VFA 97 markings done before right. Nats next year. I'll have an MH-53 Echo done in HM-15 markings before so, Nats. What are the rest of you guys going to build for this challenge? So it's flown or flown in? Yeah. Flown or flown, flown in. in. Yeah. Okay. 
flown or, or flown. Yeah. So, yes. So I might have an H three or an F eighteen. Uh, Whatever you've a, flown or flown in, or both. Right. I'd say to make the challenge most e- equal across the board, it's the one of those you have the most knowledge of. Oh, okay. F eighteen A. There you go. <laughs> yep. Frildo, Whitey, what are you going to do? Right, either a P three or D six. Um, <laughs> either a P three or P eight. Or P eight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've got a. I got like hundred and seven hours in old P eight. I couldn't haul an E six down to San Marcos on the airplane. I don't guess. Oh, no, you couldn't. Maybe uh, you need to do a. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. You do a Hawkeye. Yeah, do like one. Oh, that's right. Because you're a Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. yeah you, so you could do a Hawkeye, yeah. So, flown, flown in, or worked on. We can do it. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. whatever you have the most, the, the most extensive knowledge of. All right, we'll yeah. see. I don't want to. I don't want to shoehorn myself into another group build either. <laughs> oh, you're in. Uh, I know. No, group I'm builds suck. I hate. I really hate group builds. Not committed to anything yet. I even got one, uh, but you know, I've got the one, the VP eight markings like I have here. And I have the one that has VP 45. I've got the VX 20 markings too, because nine five one is the one, the, uh, air uh, flight envelope expansion airframe. Oh, there you is go. The one, all the, all the Cassie flight tests is the one I've got all my time on. So I thought about doing that one. VX 20 <laughs> markings. All right. Cool. There we go. Sorry, Whitey. We keep uh, digressing and going down rabbit That's holes. That's fine. We're That's here all we night. Do. That's what we do. I mean, man, it's way, it's, way, it's way past my bedtime, but I'm here. I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, poor Scott. It's way past yeah. your bedtime. I'm here, though. I'm here. Uh-huh. All right. We'll wrap it up. Gabe, thanks for sitting down and spending the evening with us, man. It's been, uh, it's uh, been a Good blast. talking to you. Yeah, Looking man. forward to hanging out down there in uh, Texas once again, drinking all your beer in the garage. There you go. Hey. through all your models. Dude, memories. Memories. Yeah, this, <laughs> need to next make more. time. Next time I ain't sleeping at my cousin's house. I'm just saying that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I want to uh, say, Gabe, I know you fly all over the country with your current yeah. uh, employer. You, you get up here, you better call us, man. Oh, you know I will. You know. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. If not, don't, I'm going to hunt you down, we don't, man. We don't make many East Coast trips, unfortunately. But uh, believe me, if we get anywhere close to you guys, I'll be there. Okay, thank you once again to Gabe for taking the time out of his busy day to sit and talk with us and share uh, share his modeling insights and his uh, real-world flight experiences along with his hobby. Uh, good talk, man. That was excellent. All right, guys, uh, episode 36 in the books. I hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sitting here discussing the hobby, and we want to thank you for making us a part of your valuable bench time. I hope you can join us for our next podcast. For now, be excellent to each other and get to the bench and build something. Out from the geeks. Take care, everyone. See ya. Laters. Later. Good night, guys. Bye-bye.